Hey, everybody, it's Ben Kwam, co-host of hopefully your favorite podcast, Libations for Everyone. Today's episode is sponsored by Foundry Nation. Foundry Nation loves THC. Born in Minnesota, they partner with farms throughout the Midwest to supply high-quality seed-to-table THC products. Uh, I've tried their sodas such as Orange Tangy, Strawberry Fields, and Granddaddy Purple. They're incredible. I love them. They're fantastic. Great CBD treats for dogs. They have all kinds of stuff. It's amazing. As our partner, they're offering all of our listeners an exclusive 20% off with the code LIBATIONS20, capital L-I-B-A-T-I-O-N-S-2-0. The future is dope. Thank you so much. Now, let's get on with the show. I mean, we're in the middle of the great chartreuse crunch. And I oh my even, God, I know. I don't know it's what to awful. do. Like I got, I've, I've been pretty far outside of the, of a city in like small liquor stores. And even there you can see the hole for chartreuse is still there. Yeah. Right? I just had a friend buy a bottle like all the way up North and like, it was like their last one. I'm like, Oh my God, really? Like, ugh. I'm freaking out a little bit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy up when I first heard about yeah, it. Right. I was like, like, I can't be that bad. And then, no, it's that bad. Ugh. I know. Ugh, dumb. The monks. They don't. <laughs> Come on, monks. I know. They said they're, they're, they have no plans to, to increase Ugh. production. So I know. Is it a, do you think, I don't even know this. Do you, is it a, like a tariff and shipping thing? Is it that it got popular and now there's just too many people grabbing it? I don't know the answer yeah. to that for sure, but I do, I think it's like a production thing and they just don't have intention yeah. of like, you know, catering to, to everyone that wants it. Maybe, is it more popular now than it used to be? I don't know. I feel like it's been popular for a long, long time. The letter that they authored, uh, called out ecological issues. They basically said, Hey, you know, this was never, this program was never designed to be like this massive production. And it was hard to gather like the exact messaging of what they were trying to state about why they refused to do it. But it seemed to me like they were saying, you know, we're damaging the environment with all the shipping bottles around and yeah. you don't see, they didn't see the value um, to the monastery for them to provide more chartreuse to the world. Mm. Uh, there might've been a little bit of panic because I don't think they, they didn't decrease output, but there must be higher demand. Yeah. Because why else would people be sp- sent into a tailspin. It might right. be that they kept growing and then they were like, you know what, this is enough. We're not yeah. we're not gonna increase our output. So there might be some normalization, but everyone panicked at that you know, the big A word because it was oh now it's an now it's an allocated bottle. Uh-huh. So everybody crashed the shelves. Uh-huh. And I, I was I did the same thing where I got a got a half a bottle sitting on my shelf and I was like, should I get some more? And I went to the store and there was a bunch and I was like, Am I gonna be that guy to buy a case of right. yeah. juice? Like <laughs> I'll just no, but I'll roll the dice. I'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. We'll be okay. Yeah, well, we just opened up like the you know these French concepts, and I I used it pretty liberally on the menu, and I'm like, oh shoot, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we. I know. Well, and and it's such a unique flavor too. It's not like there are there are other brands of spirits where yeah. you can easily kind of find a comparable. But it's but just not the same. No, that one is is so crazy, and of course, like. I also realized that part of the reason I made that decision is that I live my life. The, my, the anecdotal side of my, of my searching 
weighs so heavily on how I see where things are going to go. And I was like, well, literally to this day, the only person I know that drinks chartreuse straight on a regular basis is Paul Hennessy. <laughs> so as long as it just stays Paul, oh I think we're gosh. okay. And I, that's so wrong. Oh <laughs> it's so true. wrong. I do I enjoy sipping chartreuse, but a lot yeah. of times it's if you see a menu with vintage bottles. And yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when you're like, ooh, I will have that after my meal. No, that's uh, like house poor if you go visit. That's sure. That's where we start. Yeah. These, I remember Palmer's, like, I don't, I mean, I haven't been there, I guess, in a, in a while, so it probably isn't still there. Certainly not now, but it was like 475 for yeah. like a shot yeah. of chartreuse. It's yeah. like the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, so, incredible. yeah. Shoot. And there have been an uh, unending number of features, like top 10 chartreuse uh, substitutes. Well, like, I don't yeah. make something else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, literally, the monks don't even know the whole recipe. Mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, yeah, I know that people can clone stuff, but it's just not going to be the same. No. You know, sad. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Super sad. You know what we should do? We should drink about it. Ooh. We really should. You Probably. know, I've, I, I've started uh, two, these, it's now two episodes in a row that I started somehow like a fucking klutz. Do. Mostly to no error of my own, because no. last week, that the chair broke. That chair breaking was still, I would Super give anything weird. to have had that on video, because you didn't even torque yourself at all. No. You just moved a little bit, and then literally the whole back of the chair split in half. No. I, I pushed my left hand as I slid back in the whole left side. It was more, it was more like, uh, I had to look at my own hands to wonder if I'd gained superpowers. Yeah. And then I was just setting up my mic, and the table was off axis and tilted, and Fortunately, didn't spill all of my... It spilled like... Just a little. Like a quarter of it. That one's just for the homies. so bad. That's for the homies. Should we get into the cocktails, what we're doing here? Maybe we should introduce the the third very beautiful voice that that our listeners are hearing right now. Um, Would you be kind enough to say hi to everybody and let them know who you are? Hello. My name is Megan Lidke. Um, I'm the bar director for DDP Restaurant Group, um, Daniel Del Prado's Restaurant Group. So we have um, a few restaurants in the Twin Cities, um, Martina, Colita, Rosalia, Cardamom. Um, we have some things in the Rand Tower Hotel and um, some cafes, Cafe Ceres, and just more to come, too. <laughs> some of the yeah. most like forward-thinking concepts, and what I've always loved about the, the DDP group is that I feel like it's one of the few places where the food program and the bar program sort of mirror each other, Mm. where you have, like, of course, the drinks and the food go well together, but they're always usually reaching in a direction together. Like, I really, really dig that, and I love how different it feels when you go place to place to place. Not that I think anything against places that find something good and and kind of clone it as they go. I think that's that's also great to give more people an opportunity to go. Mm -hmm. But when when you can have sort of an umbrella over all of it that links it together, but each place is such a unique experience. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that's intentional or does that sort of just come organically with the group? Yeah. I mean, it is intentional. I think, you know, there's Danny has a certain style and like I have a certain style and, you know, the bar team does and like, I think it translates like an overarching theme. Like there's certain things that are just like signatures of the group. And then, you know, each place is, is obviously so unique, but there's always going to be, you know, Serrano peppers and and fish sauce (laughs) and, you know, sign us up. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. That's, and a lot of, and a lot of Parmesan. Yeah. I joke like when I make salads and like pasta at home that I went to the 
Danny Del Prado School of Parmesan. Yeah. <laughs> As just you just said, it's such a perfect yeah. concept with <laughs> the fish sauce, the Thai chilies, and all the Parmesan you can possibly yeah. handle. Give yeah. it to me. <laughs> if you're not signing up for that, I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Put two fingers on your neck. Make sure there's a pulse. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, how did you How did you land there? Like, what was your path through uh, through the bar industry? Yeah. Well, from the beginning, I guess so. I worked in restaurants for a really long time. My dad has always worked in restaurants, so I just kind of grew up around it. Um, you know, went went to school, kind of did my own thing with some other some other industries, and then just really found my way back um, here, living in Minneapolis. And I started cocktailing at a place in Uptown, um, Volstead's Emporium. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, still there, so that was that was a few years ago now. Um, but I that was the first place I worked that I really fell in love with cocktails and spirits, and just got so excited about learning about everything. It was just like a completely like I had been in restaurants before, but just like the cocktail beverage side, like it was like an entirely new world to me, and I was just so struck by it, and just really kind of followed that path with you know, without looking back. Um, yeah. So, so from there I ended up working, um, yeah, I started cocktailing and then started bartending there. That's my first bartending job. And for those listening out there, uh, not from the, the Twin Cities area, uh, Volstead's is a a true speakeasy, uh, like the red light in the alleyway kind of unmarked and you go down and it literally, it's like a, like a 1920s jazz club. Yeah. Kind of the vibe. Uh, with a full, beautiful piano, uh, live music down there. They do uh, stand-up comedy, almost in like yeah. a, I, I've been there for nights where it's almost been like a vaudevillian experience where there's kind of hosting and also music. Yeah, and super fun. And then really cool uh, craft cocktails. Yeah. It was a really great place to kind of grow up more or less in yeah. the in the cocktail um, sense of it all because it was, you know, starting with all of these classic cocktails and vintage cocktails we really focused on um, at that time there and I, I can't think of a better place to kind of get my feet wet and yeah. like learn everything from the ground up so that was a really you know a, a big blessing I think for sure for, for my journey so cool. yeah much love to that place <laughs> and then you went where'd you go from there I went to parlor oh yeah yes yeah Jesse hired me as a bartender I had not been bartending for all that long at that point so that was very cool. Thanks, Jesse. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was there for, yeah, I think a little over a year. Amazing. And then from there, um, found my way to Martina. Um, so we opened up that place. Um, Marco asked me to, to bartend there. And, yeah, that kind of started off that journey um, with, with the DDP group. So. Marco, our mad scientist. Yes. Our guest. Former guest of the podcast, the only human being I've ever met that gets quieter as he drinks. Yes, Still that's to this true. Day. Well, I'm getting coffee with him tomorrow morning. I have a feeling I get louder the more caffeine. Ooh, <laughs> tell me. Report back. <laughs> the yeah. opposite effect. Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, is, it, is, it is really neat to see the, the trees that, that those two people that you just talked about have grown. Yes. Like the amount of people that are off doing really amazing wild things that kind of filtered through sort of a, like a coaching system, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean way to pay it forward. I mean, it's kind of like what this is, the cool part of this industry is like being able to do that and like lift people up and, you know, see how people grow and like do their own thing, you know? Do you feel comfortable in that role now, that being you? 
Um, I, mean, I yeah, I love people, it. People yeah. in our, our yeah. industry 100% talk about you in that way. Oh my gosh. Well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope so. I hope, I hope I'm doing that. Yeah. I mean, it was done for me and I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing with, without those people. So for sure. I, yeah, it's, I feel a responsibility and, and just like, a, I want to lift all these people up. So yeah. Well, that's yeah. amazing. Well, <laughs> talking about your, your prowess when it comes to making drinks, uh, you took a unique uh, approach to it when we asked what you wanted to drink. <laughs> yeah, you you challenged us back. We are having a DAC off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. DAC attacks. It was just the, the first DAC thing attack. that came, came to mind. So, <laughs> so uh, for our listeners, we this time around, uh, completely blind, the three of us all batched a daiquiri in one way, shape, or another. Yeah. And yep. uh, we're going to drink them as we go, but we're going to start with uh, with Charles, with yours. We're teeing off with the drink I almost spilled everywhere. Uh, <laughs> so this is a Sakura Daikiri. Daikiri is how they say it in Japan. Ah. But uh, what I took was mm. a lemongrass shochu, some uh, Luxardo Mercino liqueur, grapefruit juice, lime juice, and... Uh, the Sakura Blossoms, I got these beautiful little preserved Sakura Blossoms, which are way too fucking expensive mm. for what they are. <laughs> but I bloomed them to bring them back to life. And in my dilution, I actually use a small portion of that blooming liquid for Ooh. a little bit of um, salinity in this as well. Gorgeous. Yeah. And that's what we have here before us. So well, let's Fantastic. Say, let's say cheers. I'm so excited. Cheers. cheers. In the sexiest uh, plastic martini glasses I've ever seen. Oh, so good. Mm, fantastic. Boy, and and taking in the bouquet on that as I took a sip, it really mm. kind of like a, it's like a one two punch. Cuz there I don't think just from the smell, I don't think I would have guessed that exact flavor, sure. but the way that they work together just completely made my mouth keep watering after I swallowed. That yeah. is so good. Yeah, Beautiful. this shochu is made with rice and fresh harvested lemongrass oh. in Japan, which is really cool and I think the element of why I elected to go with that lemongrass shochu is the florality of the lemongrass the sakura blossom you almost like that, that amplifies the characteristics of the sakura blossom mm -hmm. i think the worst thing about this drink is having selected this glass it's hard to fish out the sakura <laughs> blossom which is of course edible yeah but i will fish my finger all the way in there to eat that thing let's go it's so gorgeous i love that you said florality because I don't know if that's a word, but I say it all the time. I say it all the time. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> it's a word now. We made it. Yeah, a word. yeah. <laughs> Thus, it has entered the lexicon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, Beautiful. I mean, it, it would have to be right. Like that would just be possessing the characteristics of. I do believe it's a real word. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I that. just got nervous. Today we're at myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need the the star with the rainbow. The more you know. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say it either way. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because I also care. like the way it sounds. Right. Absolutely. All right, let's tee it off. Let's go. Okay. Here's our first topic, and it's a cool one considering what we're all doing here tonight. So I can remember when it dawned on me that I didn't have to make cocktails just from recipes. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like it took a lifetime to reach that yeah. level because suddenly one day I was like, oh, hey, I can make my own cocktail of my own imagination. But there's a long time, even as an adult, that I didn't think that that was a thing you could do. Yeah. I thought I had to text, like, Blue or Marco and say, yeah. hey, uh, I want to put, you know, peaches in this drink. How do I do it? How I does this? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So the question is, uh, Megan, when did you realize you can just like make your own cocktail recipes? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I actually know, I, I think I can pretty much pinpoint it. Um, 
because I was really intimidated for a good amount of time. Like even after I had started bartending for like a year, a year and a half, two years even. And for no reason, right? We're just like intimidated, you know, when we start out doing new things, whatever. But um, Keith Rotech, he was at Norseman Mm. and he asked me to do a guest, the guest bartender program there. I think I was like the 13th, it was like 3.0, I was the 13th one to do it. And he was like, yeah, I'm thinking like, we do like 10 cocktails. And up until that point, like I had, you know, messed around here and there. Like I had, I had had cocktails on menus at that point, like, but like two or three, like I wasn't like creating menus for, for anyone or anything. And he was like 10. Yeah. Let's do 10 for, for the, for the night. And I was like, okay, (laughs) sounds good. And I, I, you know, just probably said, cool, sounds good. And then, um, figured it out. I don't know. (laughs) Like, and just kind of went, went from there, I guess. And I was like, okay, like jump, this is jumping off the deep end a little bit and we're just going to go for it. So I think that was the first time I realized number one, I can do this. Number two, these are good and I don't have to be intimidated by everyone else in the room. Yeah. That's actually like a perfect, that's a perfect person to have kind of be the jump off point because Keith as a human is also so like calm and assuring like every yes. time I've worked with him on anything, he's always like, yeah, we can totally do that. I'm like, yeah, we totally can do that. Like if yeah. you're that calm about it, then I should be. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's amazing. He, he has that effect on me. I'm like, oh yeah, we are fine. Yeah. And Marco like guided along as well and things like that and like contributed some ideas. Um, so it was, it was like a really good, a good group effort. And it was just like, okay, I don't have to be afraid of like voicing my ideas and like, I'm going to take the lead on this and. It worked out. It's great. Was there, was there <laughs> anything from that list that you remember? Like you were like, oh, this is my jam. Yeah, actually. So there's a, there was a version. So this was a, like a Greek goddess themed menu um, that I wanted to do because that was something that resonated with me. And I was like, this is great for like a 10 cocktail one night themed menu. This fits perfectly. So there's the Greek goddess Selene of the moon. Um, so we did a version of it. It's like a gin, dry vermouth, uh, blueberry, rooibos, and like a white bitter li- liqueur. Um, so we did it using like all Norseman products, of course, because it was a Norseman um, event. Um, and it was just like my favorite. I loved it so much. And we ended up tweaking it a little bit. And it's it's still on the menu at Martina. It's the Celine. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So that well, was, it's, oh, it's near and dear to my heart. I love that one. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, great. Goddess of the moon. Uh, you know, Charles, when I... When I first saw this question, I was actually thinking uh, of a different answer, and it actually occurred to me on the drive here that it was a little bit before that, and it was also uh, slightly thanks to Jesse Held. Oh, nice. Uh, Jesse and I hilariously opened the biggest train wreck of a restaurant I've ever seen, <laughs> uh, literally from open to shut down in one month, um, and he was in charge of all of the cocktails, and we had Pop never up. met before. Pop up. What's that? One it was month. a pop-up, yeah. One month residency. It was yeah. a very, very expensive <laughs> oh, pop-up. Very expensive oh. residency. Uh, and um, we, it was the first place I had ever worked where uh, Jesse was bringing infused alcohols in. Mm-hmm. And we, we were doing fat washing, and we, oh, look out, we had cherry and vanilla in bourbon. <gasps> look at us. <laughs> and um, we were working on a brunch program, and... Of course, nobody wanted to be in charge of that because nobody wanted to have to work Sunday and Monday or uh, Saturday and Sunday brunch. Yeah. 
And as everybody was kind of fighting over not wanting to do it, I just kept thinking about the fact that I don't really consume Bloody Marys mm. outside of the uh, the Holy Basil, Charles Lovejoy uh, oh, yeah. Bloody Mix with whiskey. The whiskey, yeah. I mm. really don't care for Bloodies. I love Many bartenders don't. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think that there's a little bit of how much I hate when people order them at night that it oh just God, made me not. Like, the same way I feel <laughs> I about, like, Halloween so and New Year's Eve. Sorry. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> breakfast, there's a cutoff. Yeah. Like, the guy at 10 o'clock is like, you got a fresh pot of coffee? Like, no, you psycho. No. Um, <laughs> But we were trying to come up with some other cocktails for it. And I had this weird thing in my head oh, where... Yeah, I know what this is. Yeah, we've talked about it. So that was it. That was it. Okay. It was... Um, I was trying to come up with something that could work for both Bloody Marys and for a citrus drink. And I really like vegetal flavors, especially if there's some sweetness in it, mixed with citric acid. I love, I love that back and forth play. And so it ended up being... Um, it was a vodka with roasted garlic, black pepper, uh, bell peppers, jalapeno, uh, missing something in there. And I, we basically mixed pineapple juice, orange juice, and a little bit of actual pomegranate, not like mm-hmm. shitty grenadine. And it made this incredible, like, as f- when you first take a sip, it was screwdriver, and then all the other flavors hit. And it was the most, like, kind of perplexing cocktail. And I watched people freak out about it mm-hmm. and uh a, a, a mutual peer from the bar industry uh tim Schaff, who runs the bar program at estelle uh came up and he's like this might be the best brunch cocktail i've ever had nice and i was yeah. like cool because there's like a little savory note from the garlic in there like it all just kind of hit and that got me moving like oh you really can kind of mess around and do whatever you want and then it was a year or two later when i found out that you could just make a shrub out of anything that you had left totally and that was when yeah. all, all the doors fell off like then it was like oh i really can make whatever i want and the only difference that i would say is it also pushed me to make sure that every time i thought i came up with something new look it up because oh there's a God. good chance that somebody else has come up with it any and then idea you, i've ever had I'm right like, oh, shit and you could just like you can like riff it. Like I do the same thing when I think of something funny, like a hashtag or like a one liner. I have to like look yeah. up to see who said it two years ago on Twitter before I did. <laughs> but I like that where as long as you can look it up, you could say, Oh, it's kind of like a blank and then I did this. Yeah. And that was that was really when I felt like, Oh, okay, you can just do anything. For sure. That like, can help with editing as well. Absolutely. Like I have this idea and I want to use these four things. If you Google it, you can see if someone used those same four things and like Maybe they, they'll uh, outline how they use too much of one of those elements or something like that. So it's also nice just as a form of reference. Absolutely. Yeah, something you didn't think of or, yeah. And when you have right. the world's knowledge at your fingertips, like why not take a modicum of work and just take a look and see what somebody else has done and yeah. then build off that, you know? Like every note on the, the scale has been played before. Every chord's been played before. Just do whatever you want with it and acknowledge if it's derivative, but have some fun with it. Most definitely. I mean, what about you, Mr. Awad? You actually made me sort of warp back through time as well because I think that I didn't realize at the time that I was making my own cocktails, but I used to fuck around with Bloody Marys a lot, Mm. doing different things with Bloody Marys, making my own um, Bloody Mary mix I was obsessive with, and then taking bottles of vodka and throwing jalapenos and horseradish and stuff into Mm -hmm. them. So I did that before I guess I even realized what I was doing is kind of making my own cocktail. I think in in reference to the actual topic at hand, when I finally felt like, oh, I can do this, was uh, sometime after that, Marty and I were still just dating. It was just at my old place. Um, 
on the river in Minneapolis here. It was a hot summer day, and I just wanted to make a cocktail with watermelon. Mm -hmm. Let's make a watermelon cocktail. And it did occur to me that, like, I should text Rob Jones or... DJ Ballard or, or one of those other guys. Or just that I know. screw a hole like, into the watermelon yes. stick a bottle. Yeah, hey, right. yeah. yeah not, uh, not doing like the turbo wop, but yeah. like, hey, can you help me make this recipe? Like, can you write a recipe for me for free? But what ended up happening was I was like, why can't I just do this thing for myself? And Marnie and I went out and collected ingredients and we kind of made it on the fly, which is, can be a fun thing to do as a couple as well. And we kind of ended up making what would be a daiquiri of sorts with uh, watermelon that we juiced and some basil and it was fucking banging we had yeah. a bunch of people over for a barbecue and Absolutely. everybody loved them and they asked me where i got the recipe from and i was like well right all here. this food here were my recipes and also the cocktail was as well and i think yeah. a lot of people that i you know friends who associated with me at the time also were a little enamored with the idea that oh shit you can just make your own cocktail recipes i guess i was probably still in that age range where you don't think you're capable of doing that for sure but you can, turns out you can fucking do it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's also really fun when you watch your friends do that. Like, there's nothing that I love more than when I sit down at a bar, wherever it is in, on earth, if I know the bartender and they go, oh, hey, I've been working on this. Can I try something out on you? Yes. Like, that's the best thing ever. Yes. I, I love that. And like, okay, tell me what were you inspired by? What were you thinking about? Yes. Like, what's going on? That is the greatest moment. I agree. People being excited about anything but like yeah. cocktails like it's just it's makes me happy <laughs> well and it feels you you feed off that like it goes yeah. into the drink like oh i'm really excited too now i get to try this thing like ooh, let's go Love that. <laughs> I know. Well, we sure. miss we miss that a lot during the pandemic so it's really nice yeah, yeah. and that's we're why kidding. it feels good to cheers y'all here cheers this is really good charles thank you super good lovely florality i like how beautiful it salinity out. yeah it's great Beautiful Salinity would be a, like a really great like dream pop band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Like, like a little synthy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For sure. There's like two people with synths in that band, and out of maybe three people yeah. total. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I just ate my sakura blossom. Ooh. Delightful. <laughs> I might have to clip that audio oh. out. <laughs> yeah, that's not the first time I've made that sound on the show. But you could actually mark the time signature if you really wanted to. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I just think my secure blossom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that exact line, yeah. yes. <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. That's yeah. why. <laughs> I probably said that to Marnie before, but she wasn't recording. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we all love traveling. We all love cruising around. Mm, yeah. And I think that there's always an adventure on the horizon. Like, there's always something else to go explore. And that's one of the things that keeps me motivated and we've talked a lot on this show about scenes in other cities, countries, wherever that we've really enjoyed. But I kind of wanted to flip that around and ask you, is there a scene, whether it's cocktail or food, that you've heard a lot of great things about, but you haven't yet experienced? Is there somewhere that you're going to be hunting in the next uh, year or two? Oh, yeah. I mean, so many places that I would like to go, but, oh my gosh. Well, I've never been to London. So, I mean, obviously, like, pretty big cocktail hub yeah. and tons, yeah. tons and tons of stuff going on there. So I would, I would mark that high on my list and like Barcelona too would be really fantastic. Like there's some cool stuff people are doing. Um, yeah. Like Is, if you're, all right. So say you're going to London. Yeah. We'll start there first. So say you're going to London. Are you yeah. going to go, are you going to go like 
go find a pub first? Are you going to go Oh, well, grab probably some first, yeah. Okay. <laughs> But I, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes people want to get off the plane and go to like that super rad cocktail house that they oh, read about true. in a magazine. But yeah. Yeah. I think fresh off a plane, give me a pint, you know, right when you, you get there. There's yeah. nothing like soaking that in, just sitting in a pub and just like listening to the pub around you, especially like the more off the beaten path that place is. Ugh, like again, great. it all just makes the pint taste better. Oh, yeah. You and everybody yelling at each other and. Arguing about soccer matches, <laughs> football. Sorry. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm gonna book a ticket. <laughs> what about Spain? Do you do you eat first or do you go for a drink first? Ooh, well, probably a little sherry first. Mm. Yeah. Um, That's the right answer. I yeah, apologize. yeah. Then some. Then I mean, you need some food too. Some, you know, some hormone. <laughs> I don't know. Well, sherry is caring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I don't uh, know. What yeah, about we went you? To, when we went to Barcelona, we went to a bakery right away and we landed at like 5 a.m. and fortunately it was a super early opening bakery and the sun was coming up and he's got some baked goods but I think yeah. it depends on the time of day you arrive as well yeah true, true. I, that's more if a bar is open than your own proclivities but if a bar is not open then you might need to eat something yeah <laughs> the last yeah. time the last time that I was in London I really feel I and I'm so mad at myself because I don't have the photo I took a picture of this place so that I would remember it with like the street sign in it. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that photo anymore. And I'm very, very sad. Last time I was there, I found a pub that in the same building had a curry house around the corner. And so we got off the plane, we tossed our luggage. Mm -hmm. I had driven past it on the way to the hotel. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to have a pint there. So we walked down, ended up having myriad pints. (laughs) And then was like, oh, I got to get some food. And the bartender's just like, Great, it's the curry shops right around the corner. Like, <laughs> that was well, a let's good let's let's do that, and then we mm. went and ate the most incredibly beautiful, rich, deep curry. I bet until we were full, and then we went right back around the corner, back to the pub. You get some <laughs> more liquid. On. Yep, put some liquid on this liquid. We never went anywhere else that first night. We <laughs> nice. we like literally it. stayed within a block and a half I of the like hotel. Yeah. but we got two wildly different experiences. It was perfect, totally. and that was that was it. Like nothing fine. I think I probably had one nice whiskey. But yeah. man, oh, just sitting, sipping on some low ABV lagers, maybe a Guinness or two. Oh. That's the best. Mm, give me that. Absolutely. Charles, what about you? Who's your, what's your scene? I didn't know where I was going to go with this. And uh, I had maybe a couple thoughts in mind. And since we're talking about the future, I don't want to retread things that I already said I was going to do this year. And we've talked about it on the podcast, but uh, I'm going to do the rare self-snipe. I'm Get gonna, it. I'm going to snipe myself. Uh, I, I love the answer of, of London, and it's somewhere that is kind of like that second tier, would love to go there place that mm-hmm. I don't think about. So you mentioning it actually makes me think, yeah, I do want to go there. Just before you two arrived here at the classy confines of Club Caraway. Shout out to Club Caraway. I mm-hmm. was enjoying a cigar with uh, Juan, who is um, another bespoke uh, uh, clothing Claudier. Also a new friend. That dude's super neat. Yeah, he's fantastic. And uh, we were talking about Cuban cigars and how expensive they are and kind of regaling days when we could get them more readily. When I was in um, Aro in Rioja uh, on the same trip when we were in Barcelona for my honeymoon, we met uh, this English gentleman. His name is Bill. He was hanging out on a patio in the square by himself because his wife was pregnant. They were there for a wedding. She was upstairs. He was having a couple of drinks and a little snack, and then he and I became fast friends. 
I thought it was one of those single serving friends that you'd never see again. The next day we saw him at the same winery <laughs> we were at. And mm-hmm. then we created this little parade that kept collecting people and walking around town. Anyways, I would love to visit him and his wife. We're mm. social media pals with his wife. He's not on social media. But I would love to, you know, have have a hang with them and, and see London. And, of course, the, the beverage scene, the food scene, a lot of Michelin stars there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you observe, like, the top 50 bar scene, they're always rank really highly. They have a, a lot of stalwarts in the um, cocktail scene. I think we would have a blast. We have some people that we know there, both past and more recently. Uh, and it's somewhere that, again, I just don't think about it. And it's also a spot where you could do a little jumping around because then I could do Ireland quite easily mm-hmm. from there as well, another another destination that I've always thought, like, I'll go there someday, but never front of mind. So that's that's what I would say. Totally. You need to do Ireland. You'll have some yeah. fun with. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so smitten with that country. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, I want to I wanna say Japan because I really do. I want to experience that cocktail culture. But I, my, my need to be a trash panda every now and then, <laughs> I do feel like sometimes the prim and proper side of that might be hard for me to take because every time I see uh, boundaries or rigidity, I just want to push yeah. through it. <laughs> So I, my, my other answer, and I think it has to be my actual Yeah, we got answer. a normal with your ass. That's going to be fun. Right? I'll, we'll have fun. I'll get them <laughs> laughing. Um, I, I really, there is something about the Mediterranean lifestyle, mm. like all the way across, that has always enamored me, but I've never made it to southern Italy. And the idea of just like basically head to toe in linen, just Ugh. drinking wine casually, and having little chutes of limoncello from lemon trees that I can see. Yes. Like yeah. that, I, I dream about that, not mm. because, like in my head, I look like Brad Pitt in, in linen, <laughs> not what I currently look like in linen, but uh, seeing my wife in a, like a billowy dress and just literally casually drinking wine all day. Maybe I, there's a Vespa Yeah, oh, there has yeah. to be a Vespa. Or like a really adorable like Fiat. Absolutely. You know, just kind of scoot, scoot around. Mm. But it's something that I very much fell in love with in France when you get outside of major cities is that every little village has their own wines, they have their own cheese, and they fall over themselves to, you know, here, you have to try this, you have to try this. And if you're open to those experiences, you find so much love and joy wrapped in all of that. And that, again, going back to, I guess we have a theme for this episode, but that carries over to me. You know, when somebody is talking about how their last five generations have worked the vineyard, which you can see right there, and then we make this wine, and then the cheese comes from old man Johnson over there, Mm -hmm. and he, like, waves, and he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's made this cheese, his family's made this cheese for 600 years, and this is the only place you can get it. Yeah. I want to do that through small towns in southern Italy, because that plus Mediterranean climate... Mm. Come on. Yeah, get out of here. That just seems amazing. I'm going to get I'm going to need to get your asterisk for the trash panda side. How are, how can you satisfy the trash panda within your soul? How do I satisfy in that, it? In that in that area. I will find a dive bar. There will be a spot whether oh, it's yeah. whether it's like the spot where when it's closed or when it's time to close they just shut the shutters and if you want to stick around you can stick around. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find yeah. these places literally everywhere I go. I'm uh, picturing you bringing walking tacos to Noma. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I won't. I, I I might get a pulsa on my way there. Yeah. But really I'll just be too excited Put it because in your 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like little, little pocket your, dogs. Your, yeah, your suit pocket. Walk, walking into, walking into <laughs> Noma with a pocket dog for their vegetable nights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get a little scissors out and snip it over. Something. Beautiful. But yeah, I like I I do love I I love showing out. I love going out for something nice. But I do feel like there is sometimes this like insatiable urge to fuck with any boundaries that I've been given. Yeah. So sometimes I just do love when everything's a little bit freer and, and easier, you know? Yeah, just I love that. hang out and be you. Exactly. Yeah. So take that. I thought you <laughs> might lean on me for Lebanon when you start talking about the Mediterranean. I mean, I, I, like, I really do. Like, I feel like I feel like at least every fourth episode, I say something about how bad I want to go to Lebanon yeah. with you. Mm. And it, honestly... It's some of the similar outfits that I would be wearing and some of the similar climates. Like, I feel like there's there's some similarities there. A lot of trash panda yeah, man. activities happening. Ooh, in Iraq Pachu. and bottles of beer, like, let's roll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots That's of ice-cold Almaza. Those are my like, people. <laughs> and and <laughs> shawarma shops and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, you All day. fit right in. All day. That was yeah. the tough part about Morocco. Like, I loved being there, but mm. it's very, very repressive towards alcohol culture. So you yeah. have to go to, like, special clubs, and then you're, you're basically at, like, a camp for Europeans. Yeah. And it's, you lose all of the flavor that you just had when you were walking around in the streets and mm. walking through the souks. And it's, it's tough. So to, to, find, to find somewhere where you have, like, a drinking culture involved in that, I absolutely would love to find that. Yeah. Like, Farther and farther south. Yeah, Lebanon's drinking for twelve. They're like, let's drink for all the Arab nations. Sorry, I'm in. Yeah, what are we uh, drinking? What are we drinking? We're drinking. I think we're mine next. It's it's been uh, yeah been diluting a little bit. So I was trying to figure out. I uh, we've talked about it on the show before. I every now and then I do a barrel aged house blend. So um, this blend is, God, it's been so long since I made it. There, there was um, Ronda Barolito three-star. There was a little bit of uh, Myers. There was some Diplomatico. And, oh, man, I'm missing one other one. I can't remember. It's been too long. But uh, I aged all of those, and then I, I still had some of that left over. So I took that plus some Ronda Barolito Santa Ana 137 proof. And I put all of that on top of um, organic dried mangoes and dried banana chips. And then I had a few chunks of pineapple and tossed it in there. Gorgeous. And what I love, I, I wish I would have thought about this when I was actually running bar programs. Because it is so much more affordable to use dried fruit uh, yeah. for infusions. Uh, that was crazy. But I love that instead of getting the, the sharp acids and sugars off of just the juice from the fruit... When it's already dried, you get a little bit more of a, a, a deeper, rounder mm -hmm. sweetness to it. So uh, I, I literally barely used any. Uh, I made a Demerara simple, but I barely used any. I think there's maybe two ounces for that whole bottle. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was wow. so sweet from that fruit. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to leave it at that. Absolutely. And I, I liked having sort of the citrus side of the mango and pineapple and then just that, that straight, rich sweetness from the banana mm -hmm. almost in the the same way that i love like vanilla with citrus that banana just has a little bit of a warmth kind of underneath it mm -hmm. and then fresh lime juice because yeah of course so you cheers. guys went all out with yours love it cheers, cheers. oh that's good mm -hmm. that'll do yeah you do get a lot of i mean that's like a it's a specific characteristic that you get from dried fruit, like a dried apricot or yep. dried mango. 
that's often like a quickie lunch for me if I'm hitting Whole Foods anyways because I got to do some grocery shopping and I'm like, oh, I haven't eaten food today. I could <laughs> grab a small bag of dried mangoes and just snack on them in the car. Mm-hmm. And there's a distinct difference with that dried fruit that it has like, you know, the fruit leather appeal, mm-hmm. almost like a hint of smokiness. Yeah. You know, like when it mm. concentrates all those sugars and you can taste it in there. It's, there's a, I, I, I got I actually really dislike using the word roastiness too much, mm. but there is a side, whether it's smoky or roasty, there's a side of dried fruit that is the same in the back of my palate as molasses is. Yeah. Where yeah. there's like, there's a deeper note and I don't know if I'm just thinking like roasty and smoky because of the color of molasses, but there's, mm. there's something that adds a little different depth to it that you would like sherry or like oxidation. Yeah. Yes. Bruised yeah, apple. Like very much. All those characteristics that I absolutely adore in old champagne mm-hmm. that replicates that flavor. Yeah. And that's often what people are referring to when they say like dark fruit, they're really saying dried fruit because mm. they're talking about like a prune, not a plum. They're talking about like that characteristic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. I love it. But yeah, that yeah. turned out great. Amazing. I'm happy with that. Me too. Uh, Charles, is oh, that you? Oh, it's me again. Okay. Megan, can you give the listeners a hot tip on properly tasting or enjoying libations? Oh, properly tasting or enjoying. Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully it's like a little intuitive. There shouldn't be a, a real wrong way. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you want to be proper about it, I you know... So Smell first. I don't know. You just then drink it. Enjoy. <laughs> no wrong way to enjoy. I find zero fault in that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, smell with your with your mouth open. <laughs> that's yeah. Okay, now you intentionally sniped me because that's that <laughs> no. is my actual answer. Because well, let's most all people don't yeah. know. Let's all do. talk yeah. about that right now. Yeah. That is that is the number one thing that I will say to strangers that isn't like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Is <laughs> somebody will look at me weird when I'm doing that, and I'll just be like, no, 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 you will, you will detect so much more to, yeah. if you smell with your mouth open. Yeah. I like to start with it closed and then open, just to yeah. notice yeah. the difference every time. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's, like, powerful. When So if I see someone doing, like, a bourbon tasting and their mouth's closed, like, I'm like, you're just going to burn your nostrils. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to, you're not going to get a lot from that. Yeah. But the more delicate something is, the more, like, yeah, you go ahead and close your mouth if you're having something like a really delicate wine or something like that. But if you're having a, you know, a hazmat-proof bourbon, yeah. like Stag Jr., open your mouth, you're going to get so many yeah, more yeah. characteristics. And, yeah, we, there's... 32 senses of smell that you can utilize before you taste that thing. And it's going to tell your brain what's coming. And the more people that know that very small tip that very few people know, I think the more enjoyable the, the experience of drinking something can be. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, that's a good tip, but ultimately enjoy what you enjoy and do it how you like. <laughs> That's yeah, we're, and we're back to yeah. a don't, don't yuck someone's yum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like that. I do, I do, uh, bringing it back to Morocco, uh, one of the hardest laughs that I had, uh, it's, it's always interesting to see when two people are trying to bridge a language gap, and we know that there's no possible way to get there, but, you know, through a little bit of, like, uh, um, pantomiming and a little bit of, like, um, charades, you know, you can usually find a way to, to yeah. talk to somebody. And there are these uh, incredible spice souks in, in Marrakesh. And one of the guys was literally selling like straight menthol crystals. 
And I was trying to figure out what they were. Because I, if for those of you that hadn't seen it, it 100% looked like the meth that they made in Breaking Bad. Mm. It's all these house like... House menthol crystals is my house band. <laughs> there you go. That's my, that's my DJ production company. Yeah. But uh, so, it, it, I mean, it looks like very small fragments of shattered glass. And... Um, I, you know, I'm, you can smell everything else. Like I know what saffron is and I know what cumin is and we're going through and I kept looking at this pile and I was like, what is that? It can't be. And he was trying to, he was trying to figure out a way to like, tell me. And he was kind of like rubbing his shoulders and I'm like, I don't, it, he mm. didn't look cold because I'm assuming like he's just not very cold living in Marrakesh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was trying to figure out what it was. And he goes, ah, and he grabbed a little bit of hot water because everywhere you go, even when it's 100 degrees, they serve you <laughs> hot mint tea. Mm. So he poured a little bit of the hot water for tea into a glass and then he dropped one in and he like made the symbol to shut my mouth and just inhale with my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took I took a, a double barreled rip of straight menthol vapor. Oh my god! And it literally did uh, you the, wake up at home? Yeah, basically. <laughs> the, ol- the only thing I've ever had similar was like eating an entire gob of like real wasabi, where yeah, you just yeah. kind of like completely white out for a second, and then you come back and you're just in a different reality. That was how that felt. But he couldn't stop laughing because, again, I took the whole thing just right to the dome. Gotcha, bitch. And then I bought a bunch. So it's great. Okay. That is, if you ever get your hands on it, there is nothing better. If you have like one of those awful colds that won't go away in the winter, there's nothing better than that. Oh, wow. Is just literally like I would make a cup of tea and I drop a couple of crystals in there and then I would just sit over it and sort of huff. Yeah. And then everything Mm. opens up and then just start drinking the hot liquid. It's incredible. But yeah, delightful. If you're gonna, if you're gonna rip straight menthol crystals, <laughs> maybe have your mouth open too. Man, I yeah. straight menthol crystals. <laughs> I'm on that menth. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, shit. Okay, so we've we we figured out that we all wanted to say this, smell yeah, like yeah, mouth yeah, open. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and also it's not about impropriety. It's more like uh, increasing enjoyment, you know. Yeah. And it's it's hard to pinpoint like a specific thing, you know, like. People don't necessarily understand when you should or shouldn't decant, even though fucking go ahead. If you want to decant a 13-year-old bottle of wine, no one's going to stop you from doing that. But, you know, the interplay of people say, like, artichokes and wine don't go well together. That's, like, a small thing. Serving temperature, you know, what temperature to serve your wine at. Like, things like uh, um, a lot of red wines actually do okay with just a little bit of cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the best. People serving hot red wine. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Yeah, that's a bummer. No. (laughs) My red wine rack is at 53 degrees. Yeah. I I really enjoy that. And by the time you pour it and it gets out there, it's probably mid-60s. I very much enjoy that. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, I think that's great. You know, I I really do ascribe to the don't yuck someone's yum if they like it a certain way, great. Like hot red wine? Drink hot red wine. Yeah. Boil it, you know. Weird, but like some cinnamon sticks in it. Yeah, I mean, you all the way with it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make some glug. I will find a place in Denmark that that will serve you glug. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, I I guess if I had to pick something, honestly, that I wish more people could understand is that ride with the differences when you go to different places and you order the same drink rather than trying to extract some sort of similarity to the one thing that you get normally. Yeah. Like get out of your comfort zone a little bit. And if you like to use an old fashioned as a pretty ubiquitous example, like if you like an old fashioned, cool. If you like it at this one bar, great. Yeah. Don't 
try and wedge other people into making it the way that you like, especially if you don't know what's mm. in it. Megan, yeah. you ever get a recipe card? I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going to go to it with your little card, like, with a completely unhinged, like, oh <laughs> method of making whatever it is. Oh, my gosh. I, has, I, that, has that happened to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It has? That's, that's, it wasn't anything more common than I realized. Yeah, yeah. It w- <laughs> I'm trying to remember the last one I got, like, it wasn't anything too crazy, but it was like a, a shake in Manhattan, you know, something I wouldn't do right. if it were me. Like, you know, that might be a tip. Like, you don't have to shake your Manhattan, I promise. <laughs> just try it. Try it, stirred. <laughs> just, you know, if you still like it shaken, just do you. But, um yeah, those those recipe cards, those are those are fun. <laughs> yeah, you're like, don't pet your service dog. Oh no, it's yeah, actually yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. telling me how to make you a man. Oh, yeah. Wow. And and maybe even take it a, a, a step further that like, if something is a little bit different and you didn't know that, don't immediately yell at somebody for doing something wrong. Yeah, like uh, just just embrace the fact. Like you should be looking for. Oh, are there d- ways to do this differently? And maybe maybe there's a, a way I might like better. Or maybe, okay, I learned I don't love it that way. Now let's go try over here. Like mm-hmm. this, th- our entire world is not Tyson chicken strips. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole point of going out, if you want to try different things to go to different places, is to try what they're doing, yeah. right? If you want something the same way, either go to the same bar or learn how to make it at home and make it for yourself at home. Yeah. Like that's, I, I guess that would be the advice that I would give right. people. Yeah, be yeah. open. And you there know, are there are rare exceptions, like Mark. Martini, a martini is like a steak, and you know a lot of your properties, Megan, that you work with, mm-hmm. you have the little dropper, so you can make it as dirty as you like. Yeah. But in regard to like when I make an order for a dirty martini, I don't, I almost never do it. But if they say how dirty do you want it, I'm like really dirty. Famously at a bachelor party I went to at a casino, the bartender said, "How dirty do you want it?" I'm like really dirty, and he goes, "Ooh, Janet Jackson." Oh, funny. Like, I've heard, like, okay. Ron Jeremy dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought Janet Jackson was pretty clever. That's good, too. Okay. I like that. This martini was accused of 21 counts of sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. I'm sorry, oh what were gosh. you going to say? Oh, I was, like, Ron Jeremy dirty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I've gotten that before. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe Christina Aguilera dirty. That That's was good. That, was a, uh, that one was 100% rampant when I was when I was bartending full-time. Really? Oh, really? I just, that? like, thought of that right oh, now. No, I've that never heard it. 100% okay. it. So, again, good. being old and gross, uh, Craft Cocktail Wave 2 or 1.0 was, like, 05, 06 was kind of when it really started getting going. And old in the scene, but a young man, like an athlete. There you go. <laughs> like an athlete. And uh, that song was still big, and people would say, How dirty? And literally, straight up, they would just be like, Christina dirty. Yep, yeah. yeah. yeah that's <laughs> great. Okay. I love that. Love and that. then it was literally just like, Okay, so you just want less vodka because I'm going to pour like three ounces of brine in there. And they'd just be like, Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, Quam, to your point about like it, it, what you were just referring to, yumming someone's yuck. This is a way to actually give people the keys to be more open about their experience. But something I always say, too, is um, don't be obscured by what you're supposed to taste. Just say what you do taste. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it even happened like on the pod last week when we were drinking the Satol. And I said I was tasting some things that were like baking spices. And Jeff said he didn't taste them. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like one of us is wrong. And other people have to buy the bottle to find out which one of us is wrong. That's not the yeah. way it works. But in my, like, challenge, in my history of, like, judging, one of the things that um, I always subscribe to and try to tell people who are, other people who are, like, younger in the judging game is um, 
don't tell one another what you taste until you formulate that idea in your brain. And then you can vocalize it because there's always one dude in the room who yells like, oh, I taste pines. I taste pine needles or I taste rosemary. Or I t-, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. someone always obscures everybody's vision before they even touch the glass to their lips. And then, yeah, yeah they're going to taste fucking rosemary and pine needles too because you've just told them that that's what it tastes like. But if you have that clean slate and also you're open to the process and, and willing to be vulnerable, just say what you taste because no one can tell you what you taste. It's your fucking mouth. Like, yeah. like uh, Easy says. Yep. Like Eric Eastman says, it's your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be the guy at the bar that yells the answer during trivia. Like, just, just fucking take it in and, and let it be a part of it and think about what your answer right. is. But even then, that's there. objective. Flavors are mostly... Mostly subjective in nature. I just don't like when somebody has to shout it out for everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, like I, I agree with you 100% on that. I also, going back to the opening your mouth when you're smelling something, like to any of you out there who have, may or may not have been in a few fights in your day and you've had a thrice broken nose and you've had a surgery and a medical procedure done on right. it. Thrice it, broken nose. <laughs> yeah, she don't work super well all the time. And so I get different notes. Yeah. Like also, uh, we've talked about this before too, like being part deaf, I hear different things in songs. Like there are different things that, that jump out to me because there are just tones that I don't hear. Yeah. And so it's really hard for me to try and relate that to somebody else because I have no idea if you hear the same things as I do. And I feel the same thing with like smelling. Like I'm just trying to figure out where what I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of our experiences are different. You know, I think... Uh, we've talked about it like oh, man. trying to describe the color red without using any other color. Yeah. Mm. Like it's very hard because we all, we all view that differently, but I have no idea if you see red or if you see red the same way that I do because mm-hmm. it's 100% personal. Mm-hmm. Partic- like, particular to your experience, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Derek and I were down here a couple weeks ago watching a YouTube video of this gentleman who is a pho- photographer for Condé Nast and has his own publication called uh, W Brown, I believe is what it's called. And he has vision problems and he was describing how he sees certain things on like adventures better than other people because he's forced to have to focus. Mm-hmm. So I think he has like a visual focus problem. Mm. So he's saying that because he has to be so ardently focused on particular subject matter that sometimes he feels like I can't see great, but the things I see, I feel like I might see them better than some other people oh, because yeah. I have to focus mm-hmm. like you know, like directly upon a subject. Absolutely. That was like an interesting thing thing to hear. And it's true, right? Like that's, that makes a lot of sense. I, I I don't know that I have an allegory to that for, for smell, but I do for listen, for hearing. Like I 100%, there are, there are certain things that I will always hear that I know people don't. And it's just because I don't hear them on this side and I do on this side, but there's stuff that I hear on both sides. Mm -hmm. And so, it makes it acutely more uh, noticeable because I'm only hearing it in one ear where everything else I'm hearing in stereo. And so I notice those things a whole lot more, but I, I don't like to tell other people that because you probably don't fucking hear it. <laughs> like, yeah, and also, wow. even if you do, nobody wants the kid that is like the film study major to talk to them about the movie while they're watching it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's also my obsession. So because of that, um, I'm just yeah. like, I'll oh, just shut up. All right, let's be honest on the air. When I'm mad at you and I go to the right side and say a bunch of mean things to you, can you actually hear me? <laughs> it depends, but okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say probably not. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. I never do that. That uh, was a joke. That was a great joke. I made shout here. out to uh, to frequent listener <laughs> of the podcast, Brett Rowe. Uh, he didn't believe me. 
and we were in Colorado, and my wife was with us, and she was about 10 feet away talking to some other people, and he was to my right and back a little bit, and he just kept saying my name, <laughs> and my wife walked up, and she was like, he wasn't kidding. He literally yeah. can't hear you, so he sh I still hadn't seen him. He shifted 10 feet to his left, so he was more back left for me, and he like quietly just said my name, and I'm like, what? Yeah. And he's like, oh, God. Wow. I'm like, yeah, why? That's a really weird thing to lie about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's just certain tones I don't hear anymore and it's because I was reckless in my youth with my hearing wow, I don't think <laughs> I knew that wow yeah it's well it's you know again I like I can't talk at a cell phone on that side because mm -hmm. it just kind of sounds like a the teacher from Charlie Brown uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I don't get a lot of consonants. Yeah, yeah right. but like, but I can still hear things that are <laughs> happening. Like if you clapped your hands over there, I'd be like, "What?" Mm. But yeah, there's there's like uh, there's certain tones. I, I've talked about it. I did like the the hearing test, and I just watched all the joy drain from the doctor's face. I was like, "Was I supposed to hear a bunch of tones?" And he just nodded his head. <laughs> I'm like, "No, I'm sorry." <laughs> what are you gonna do? Literally, <laughs> <laughs> he was on that side. <laughs> Well, now that we fixed beverages. Cheers. Yes. Cheers, cheers. cheers. It's so good. Yeah, this was a wonderful idea. I don't I'm know glad. why we hadn't thought about a DAC attack before, but especially with uh, us creeping towards nicer and nicer weather. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, all right. So we've talked a little bit, um, even before we started recording, about um, – how things have changed, you know, in the, the years since mm. you got into the industry and since, uh, you know, Charles became a fan of the industry and, and I was bartending. And there's obviously a lot of things that we can say that um, still need fixing and, and that uh, we need to do better at and we need to keep pushing for more response from. But I also think it's fun to kind of give some flowers to when you've seen some positive change. Yeah. So in your tenure, in your career in the bar industry, like what have you seen – that's um, this made you feel like things are moving in a positive mm. direction. Yeah, that's like a what great are some question. Positive changes you've seen. Yeah, I mean, I think in the time that I've started, you know, there were still kind of few ladies around, mm. um, and I think that that just that feels like a thing of the past. Like I think that when it's like, oh, look at the ladies doing this. The ladies can do it too. They're behind the bar doing it like the men can or whatever. Like, I think that's a little tired now, and I'm really happy to say that that's tired. I, mean, I hope was, that people feel the same. It it's was like, tired then, but we sort of just went along with yeah, it, Yeah, I yeah, guess. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, hopefully that that's at least not, like, the headline anymore. It's like, oh, what did she actually do? Like, she did something, and she accomplished something. It's not just because she's there and she's, you know, female, right. you know, facing, I don't know. Yeah, so I think looking back, it's like it, it does feel that we've made some progress there, hopefully. Do you feel like journalism has followed that? I've been trying to figure yeah. out, because I was thinking about this on my way here, and, like, I, I don't like that I still every now and then see articles pop up where if it was a man, it would be, like, you know, master mixologist or yeah. master bar person. And then if it's a woman, it's female master I mixologist <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we have to point out that without if it doesn't say female then it's clearly a guy i think in my brain i'm like maybe we're not all the way there yet yeah. like with the journalism yeah. i think you're right like i still see it and you know i don't know it always irks me just a little bit i'm like just talk just talk about what she did right yeah well and maybe that's maybe that's always going to be 
the industry sort of leading the cart. Yeah. Where journalism as a whole, I don't think has ever quite understood this I see side it of more things. And I see it more in like award programs. Oh, sure. Mm. It really irks me when you see these international award programs that have best chef and then best female chef and uh, the females oof. don't qualify, seemingly never qualify for best chef. And I'm like, Dominique Cran didn't qualify for best chef, but she's the best female chef. Like what the that's fuck does weird. that even yeah. mean? And it happens like it's 2023 and that's still happening. That's, I didn't know that. That's yeah. It's, uh, it's not great. Um, yeah, I would uh, once again, concur with you. I feel like I'm just going to get, sniped to bits even though i didn't, <laughs> I didn't uh, again it, i didn't know what i wanted to remark upon but inclusivity in the bar scene cocktail scene has always been at a little bit of a higher level than um like beer for instance i work with a lot of breweries historically mm-hmm. um it almost felt like well with brewing it it hasn't got better i'm just gonna come right out and say that mm-hmm. it, it hasn't really improved it's improved by maybe like single digit percentages over this last 10 years. I wanted to see more advancement. It's not really happening. I don't know what needs to be done to affect change. It's just not coming. But in the bar, restaurant, and namely cocktail scene, um, there's a lot more inclusivity now than I identified even five years ago. Yeah. Um, there's just people of all walks of life, um, all different, various genders, races, even socioeconomical backgrounds, religions, all that stuff, under the houses, um, under the roofs of the places that uh, I frequent. And it's so fucking cool to see. And for me, a person of color that is non-religious, I always feel more comfortable in spaces like that. And... Um, I might not have connected it in this way until having to thoughtfully provoke these thoughts. But, I mean, when I go to Meteor, I feel super at home. Mm-hmm. It's just every walk of life is in that place. And um, I don't know if that was really what you would have seen five, seven, ten years ago. Yeah, so clearly so. advancements are being made. Yeah, And uh, I, I love to see it. I'm highly appreciative of it. It's, you know, it's a feature that really appeals to me and makes me feel a greater sense of comfort in spaces like that than in, let's let's just be real, yeah. uh, than in tap rooms. Because, you know, I still encounter a lot of, like, bearded white dudes, you know. And I know a lot of those guys, there's one sitting across from me. But, you know what I mean? Like, when you walk into a tap Who room... Who the fuck is like, that guy, by the way? <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> I said that in his right ear. He didn't hear me. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, you know, you still encounter mostly that, um, including operationally and um, the patrons of, of places like that. And very little advancement has been made. It's unfortunate, and I hope some change can be effected yeah. um, over the coming years. But I've seen a lot more advancement by, like, double-digit multipliers in the cocktail scene. And I think that that's it's crucial. It's really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I I uh, I agree with you on both sides because I also came from almost eight years in craft beer, and uh, end of twenty twenty one, early twenty twenty two, 
Uh, I was working for a brewery called Surly here in Minneapolis, and we had one quarter of all of the female brewers in Minnesota working for us, mm-hmm. and we had four. Yeah. And, like, that is the fact that we have over 100 breweries and that that's the case is frightening. And it's part of the reason that I'm, I'm not in that field of work anymore. Um, I think that there are some people that are doing an incredible job at trying to change that, and I, I love them, and I, I worked with them, but uh, there's still a lot of heels dug in, pushing back, and I, I just had a, a tough time dealing with that. Yeah. Um, I think that I agree with you that I think that I've seen a lot more of that change in, in bars. I don't, think that, I don't think that anybody in the cocktail scene would be like, <gasps> a woman? You know, like, I think yeah. that people are just accepting that, hey, if you're back totally. there, you're clearly talented, and that's amazing. Um, I think the way that I would answer it is I really didn't know when I was my entire 20s, um, I was also a backup, like, cook at a couple of the restaurants that I was at. So if we needed to, I could jump back there and, and cook. And back then, there was a, a very, very thick wall of delineation between back of house and front of house. Mm. And I think that we saw restaurants break that wall down a little bit and places in the Twin Cities here like Travail, who had people cooking the food who were also bringing it out to people. We sort of blurred that line where chefs were coming out and becoming bartenders and using their knowledge of ingredients and flavors to create incredible cocktails. Mm -hmm. We had bar folk that moved back because they wanted to express their love of flavors through food. And now... I think, and it's still, there's always going to be a, like a, a, a bungee cord pulling backwards. And we've lost a little bit of ground due to pandemic issues. But I also love the fact that what that did, that blurring of that line, also brought front of house people to focus in on the fight to get better wages for back of house. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we've also blurred the economic line between back of house and front of house. And I think that there are a lot more people being paid livable wages for mm-hmm. what they're doing in that kitchen. And because of that, you're seeing a little bit more of that back and forth flow between front of house and back of house. And I think that we, we as a society do better because A, other humans are doing better, which is always great. But B, if you want to get selfish about it, we're going to get better stuff because there are more minds thinking about it. There are more minds working on that. And the more different points of view that you come to, if you're, if you're an, an Ecuadorian saute cook and you come out and start working in a bar, you're going to look at all those ingredients completely differently. Yeah. If you've been making drinks for the last six years and then you jump back and you start working pantry, maybe you're going to put a salad together differently. Maybe you're going to come up with some different recipes and some different processes for you know putting better flavor into salmon, whatever it may be. I just think the more that we have that knowledge going back and forth, we're all going to be richer for that. And yeah. But it only happens if we take care of everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I think that I, I, I didn't, I truly didn't believe that I would see a focus on that fight in, in my life. Yeah. You know, given what, it, what, what the world was like when I was 22, 23, 24 yeah. and bartending 50 or 60 hours a week. I, there's no way if you went back in time right now and told me that that was a possibility that I believe you in here we are, you know, yeah. just another reminder of we are the people we've been waiting for. And if yeah. we don't change it, then how do we expect somebody else to? I'm about that. Be- beautifully put. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> well, I mean, where are people at with their, their deck? Oh, I guess I, I drink mine faster. 
I, I was going to say, I can that. drink this fast. I'm just oh, very yeah, excited yeah. to try yours. Ooh. And we got to hear about what it is. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys went real fancy with yours. I went pretty standard, like classic daiquiri. Which is why we all drink daiquiris, I because love that. the classic <laughs> one is delicious. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Here, do you want to talk about it and I'll go grab it? Yeah, for sure. Are we going over the cube? Or are we going in the... Let's go over the cube since it's been out a little bit. It's it's diluted okay. and I shook it, but maybe yeah, just give it a little right. shake and then it, it could do with a little with a little chill. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, daiquiri is my favorite cocktail. I love a funky oh. daiquiri. So this is um, mostly plantation five years, just the base, and then a little hit of Ray and Nephew, um, one of my favorites. Here, let me finish this. <laughs> mm, just too good. And then a little kiss of rum fire, you know? I'm a big Jamaican rum girl, so. Awesome. This is great. I'm a big J- Jamaican rum girl, too. I mean, who isn't, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Did I say Ray and Nephew? Ooh, that smells so good. I meant Smith and Cress. I don't Ooh. remember what I said. I think you said right enough. Okay, it's Smith and Cross. Okay. (laughs) You know, two daiquiris. Yeah, and just like the characteristics of rum right on the nose. Mm, Yeah, yeah. The bouquet of that combination of rums. The the florality. It's like a dirt, you know, dirty and funky. It's good. I just wanted to say florality again. (laughs) Florality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just regular, simple, and, you know, lime, obviously. Cheers. Cheers. I love that walking around and pouring that. You could just smell that that beautiful sticky sweetness of rum, mm. just kind of yeah. emanating, mixing in with the 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 background cigar scent. Like that oh, is a yeah. absolutely delightful yeah. scent in the air. That's a lovely combination of rums. And mm. yeah, you undersold yourself because you're like, I went simple, but it was it's so balanced. Fuck, that's <laughs> so good. It's just perfect, perfect. Ugh. When your entire mouth waters after the first sip, you know you're in the right ter- mm. area. Just the best. Uh, 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 Charles, I think this is you. What? Yep. How could it possibly be Who? me? How could it possibly be me? <laughs> Except that it is. Oh, wow. We're talking about tourism again. Tourism. Ooh. But, you know, Quam presented the second tourism <laughs> question, by I the did. way. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> okay, so, Megan, if you could be the tourism board for us, for a country that you've visited and loved. Oh, God. As we've said, Quam and myself and a group of people are traveling to Copenhagen. Uh, awesome. Many of us are going to splinter off uh, after spending, you know, I'll be there with my wife for a week. Various other people who are joining us will be there for several days, perhaps a week. Maybe they'll stay longer. But we have some people who are already going to visit uh, northern Germany, for instance. Mm. Marnie and myself may go to uh, Paris. That seems like what we're going to settle upon. Mm-hmm. But if you could make a suggestion, and it doesn't have to be in Europe, but if there's a jumping off point from there that makes sense to you, what would you suggest as a tourism board for somewhere you've been that you absolutely love that you would suggest for us to go? Oh, well, I mean, I don't want to be so cliche, or not cliche, but just classic. Like, I love Paris. That mm-hmm. was... I haven't been a lot of places in Europe, but I... Yeah, I was in Paris maybe like three or four years ago now. And it was just like my favorite place I've ever been. It was just beautiful. Um, hit up some some cool cocktail bars. Had a great time. Uh, Le Mechtel. 
Mm. McDonald's. Of course. Yeah, of course. Only <laughs> the finest. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, my gosh. I had Wait, the best time it? first. The McDo. Oh, yeah. Wait. In Lebanon, they call it McDonald. McDonald. Can I hard sell you both? So when you go there, and then if you go back, mm-hmm. my favorite bar in, and again, Ooh, this yeah. is my like off the beaten path, not a super fancy cocktail bar, yeah. but um, it's called uh, Le Marlus et Le Pain. Um, and it's right off of like where, like Pigalle, where Moulin Rouge is. Uh-huh. If you go up the, the hill, so it would be a little bit north, it's like two or three blocks off. So it's this really cool like artist's bar. All of the, the, the whole place has, um, clothing line going across like the the ceiling and it's all black and white film photo of pictures that people have taken around there that they get developed and they just drop off and yeah. people hang them up and then there's 10 typewriters with paper next to them all over there oh yeah you and mentioned if, this. If, if people <laughs> if they write anything interesting like you can you can just put it up yeah. you can write anything and just throw it up there uh-huh. it is the most incredible beautiful little eclectic group of people and because it's far enough off the main drag you really don't get any tourists up there yeah and it's just spectacular like i literally let an entire afternoon drift away oh. just looking at strangers photos of people i'll never meet mm-hmm. and reading weird little like haikus and poems in languages that i didn't understand but it was it's it's just perfect. And like yeah, that sounds like a you did mention that in a prior episode. I was like, what a fucking cool concept, the typewriter thing in yeah. particular. I like that. That's that's such a cool. Someone steal that, please. And, and like the tactile anti technology element of that is something that appeals to me as someone who does a lot of marketing. That um, I'm trying to appeal to that like basically what is a fetish at this point, mm. but it's going to be something that people really demand in the coming years. That's something that like I find really romantic. Megan, if, you're, if your answer is Paris, can you recommend some places that you think I should go to yeah. while in Paris? I mean, you know, Little Red Door, definitely on like top For sure. 50, whatever, best bars, of course, kind of a mainstay, but the menu they had at that time, I just, it was so beautiful. Um, there was, oh my gosh, I think a couple of places are closed now, which is a bummer, but there's like the street, I don't remember what the street is, but it had Lulu White's drinking club on it. I think they just closed, which is so sad because we went there like, we're there for like five days. And I think we went there like three or four times. Oh, that's When you find <laughs> yeah. that spot on yeah. your vacation, it's the best. And we like ran into people that like I knew through other people. Like it was just like a really cool, just really fun, like happenstance situation, you know, being so far away from home and just like knowing people is like really cool. And then Dirty Dicks, the tiki bar mm. on that street. Right. I don't think that's closed. Please, if, if it has, no one tell me because I'd be yeah. so sad. <laughs> but um, they, they fully know, like, what the concept of a snackery is, right? Like mm. a daiquiri snack. But they're just, they're just like, yeah, this is a snackery. And it's an entire daiquiri. And they do it with you and just in one fell Let's swoop. Like a, a full, so, yeah. All right, Charles, we got to put can, that in the repertoire. I yeah, a so, snackery or daiquiri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is snackeryable. Yes, 100%. Oh which gosh. is not a word. It's not even like four words. Yet. Snackeryable. Yet. Snackeryable. That, that's never going to be a word. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Sell yourself short. I'm about to knock this table over again. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> For once. Well, well, what's up, baby? What you got? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I feel like it's it's just dumb and overridden if I say Norway because I just want to sell everybody on going to Norway. Yeah, and you know I haven't been there. Yep. Megan, have you been to Norway? I have not. So uh, it's, it's, it's a not solid fair. guess. It's a solid, you know, if you're going to recommend somewhere that... I'm pretty Norwegian. Though. Yeah, you know, honestly, yeah. I, I, I will. I'm going to stand for Norway again because I feel like we just don't have enough uh-huh. people that are trying to get people to uh-huh. go there. Here's, here's what just I'll say. I would say, yeah, can yeah. you maybe, like, because there's obviously a, a wealth of experience you have yeah. traveling around there, then you can just tell us about some shit you haven't told us about. Yeah, um... So I, I think the thing, I, I get hung up on how much I love Oslo because that, that was home for me. I, mm. That's where I lived, yeah. and I left a piece of my heart there, and I, it will always be home to me. Yeah. But you also have to remember that the distance from Oslo to the very tip-top of Norway is the dis- distance from New York City to Miami. Mm. So you have 6 million people, 7 million people, living across a region that large. So even though there's not a ton of aggregable land and farming is really kind of chunked into a couple few areas, there are port cities the entire way up, and then there's a few cities inland up in the mountains. And so what you get is these really incredible cultural differences within the same overall overarching culture. And the farther north you go, the farther, or the, the, the more different some of those patterns get. In the, in the south, if you go south from Oslo, you have these beautiful just rolling prairies where farmland is great. It's mostly lowland. Uh, it's very beautiful. It's more temperate. Then as you go farther and farther up, the mountains take up more and more of that region. And so what you have is these incredible cities. Um, Bergen is one of them. Uh, the, the, the Hansa Merchant Empire kind of helped get going. So you had this incredible cross-cultural exchange in the 13 and 1400s. So in, in Bergen, um, they have a, a soft back of your throat R like you would uh, in, in French. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll find people that will say like Bergen. And the dialect is completely different. That's just because of the amount of mainland Europe trade that was going on there 700 years ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that, those little chunks kind of held. And so you have these little inflections of other parts of Europe kind of stuck in there. Then you go a little bit farther up and you got Trondheim and then you start getting into really like what's left of, of what we think of as like the Viking era mm-hmm. where there's, because it's, it, it is colder, um, things were preserved a lot better. And then the farther north you get, you get all the way up to, to Lofoten, which is, um, you know, either in full sun or in full darkness most of the time. And it's this incredible, like, archipelago of islands that are all linked together through um, government-funded highways. But it's, it's, it's fishing villages. It's people that 100 years ago were still running with, with reindeer. And mm. so up there, like, um, Tromsø is probably the biggest city up there. You have this incredible, like, black metal scene. Mm. Um, the, the pickling and salting and curing of fishes is wild. Mm. Um, and you have all of these crazy, you have access to, to fish and other sea life that you wouldn't get anywhere else. So there's this incredible food scene up there. And then the whole way, top to bottom, going back down, then you can trace where different cultures brought beverages in and what, what took on there. Mm. So it's, it's really incredible because none of these places are wildly like, populated. So you have the cities are even kind of smaller towns. And the farther north you get, the farther back into Viking language things go. And so 
you feel like you have all of a sudden this like peak into a thousand years ago. And I don't know many places on earth that have that. And it's just because it, it was so desolate. And up until 60 or 70 years ago, it was so poor. Nobody gave a shit and wanted to go there. So nothing got mowed over in the the, the search for better uh, resorts because nobody wanted to go there. And now oh. that they actually are wealthy, they're trying really hard to preserve all that. Yeah. And, you know, I know that it's it's the the double barrels of, of capitalism and, I mean, the push of manifest destiny where cities just want to keep exploding and people want to put, rich people want to put resorts, but they've really kind of pushed back on that. And... I don't know many places that the terrain can change that much and the climate can change that much and the language can change that much and you still are in a very small country in a very small culture. And I think that is, is pretty amazing. Um, and I just tell everybody, like, just go explore. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one of, it is staggeringly beautiful everywhere you look, both the people and the landscape. <laughs> Um, and if you've ever traveled to the Midwest in America, go there and you'll understand why the people here are the way that they are. <laughs> Cause it's hundred percent that Oh wow! Minnesota nice started in Scandinavia and it's, it still is there to this day. You smile at people and you wave at them, but you don't get into people's shit. You don't, <laughs> don't talk to strangers. Like keep it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I go there and make everybody feel uncomfortable because I just hug people all the time. Strangers, <laughs> yeah, right. Like something's wrong with this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all of my, <laughs> literally all of my best friends from Norway aren't actually from Norway. They're people who live in Norway that are from other places. And we all, like, our weird passions all kind of push through the slightly icy, but always very helpful uh, Norwegian stoicism to like force people to hang out with us. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm going to get a ticket. I'm telling you. Yeah. There's also, I mean, Megan, you are a tall human being, like yeah. <laughs> flat footed 510? 11, yeah. 511. Five okay. Mm -hmm. There is also something very very kind to like to your own heart to just walk through a crowd like I'm I'm 65, Charles you're 62. No. You're 65. Yeah. Yeah, you so Charles you're 62. Yeah. Uh <laughs> There's something really wonderful about walking Used through. Used to be you. Got a fucked up neck. There you go. <laughs> uh, about walking through a crowd and not feeling tall. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, there, is, I, there is something very calming about that. Yeah. The, um, the village. I'm uh, just a person. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not a giant. <laughs> to everybody who's heard this story before, but Megan, literally, like, one of my favorite memories, period, top 10 favorite memories, period, was walking into the village, uh, the pub in the village where my last name comes from. Mm. Oh, and it yeah. was the first time I'd ever walked into a bar and I couldn't see all the way to the back of the bar because all the dudes were my height and had these massive foreheads, just like me. <laughs> and everyone just started talking to me in the dialect, but I don't speak like, that dialect. Uh, yeah. And so my friend had to translate my quote unquote book speak mm. to their town speak. Wow, yeah. And literally we're both speak, speaking the same language, but somebody had to translate because mm. half of their words are Old Norse. Right, wow. But it's That's such a cool experience. It's so great, like, yeah. when you're at a bar with... I, I, I don't have that experience where everyone's my height. It was very yes. nice. yeah, yeah. Like, wow. I didn't have to bend over to talk to anybody. Like, I could just look people in the eye the entire time. <laughs> it's very nice. My neck felt so much better when I went home that night because yeah. I'm not leaning over and then I, oh, I got to turn because I got to use my good ear. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Wow. So I, I mean. Our people, yeah. Yeah. I, I stand 
as always, for Norway. So much so that I'm going there in seven days. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So let's go. Might take along, yeah. yeah come on. Hyping <laughs> yourself up. Yeah. Self-hype, man. Self-hype. We're only going halfway up, though. We're not going all the way. Oh, you're not going all the way up? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to keep it European. There's a lot of ways to go with this. And uh, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, San Sebastian, man, is like uh, in, in northern Spain. And mm. we were talking about Barcelona. And that's a, if I'm going to tourism board the two of you. And um, Quam, have you ever done Spain? I haven't. Okay. We, we were, when, we, um, when we were in France last at the Chateau, we had the option of going that direction or going the other. And um, we talked about Jenny really wanted to drive through the mountains into France. And it, it honestly was a staggeringly beautiful drive. And we got to drink a bunch sure. of Swiss, Swiss yeah. Pinot Noir, which mm. is my favorite Pinot on earth. Oh, well, wow. Spain, is, Spain is an incredible country because every territory you visit is so different. There are commonalities, but our travels through Spain for our honeymoon, starting in Barcelona, and then having our second stop being San Sebastian, and then we did Bilbao, we did Aro, and then Madrid. Each of those areas had so much to offer, and I usually don't like to do that much jumping around. Uh, contextually, hey, so we're on a honeymoon, let's jump around, but we did, you know, that's like three weeks that we did, so we spent plenty of time in each of these areas. San Sebastian has this like Studio Ghibli spirited away <laughs> opening scene sort of vibe with all the like just food everywhere. I just pictured counters exactly what you're covered saying. in food. That's awesome. Like if you sat on a stool and you start shoveling food in your mouth, they would just think you're crazy and probably let you do it. Please don't do that. But <laughs> you can probably do that. And there's like great wine and like open windows to the street in front of the cathedral that will make you. Uh, a cocktail and you're overlooking the sea or the, the ocean and um, lots of beautiful people walking around giant fireworks shows when you're there in August. I don't know what the festival it is that we were there or like the occasion, but there are a lot of families that holiday there. So clearly like August is a time that a lot of Europeans um, holiday. And when we were there, some of the bigger restaurants were closed, but not the ones that were like in the souks, you know, like in the streets. Mm. All of those were open, but a lot of families clearly were piling in and they had this massive fireworks like competition where I recorded on my camera and by the end of it, I was just like, I wish I didn't start recording this because I wish I wasn't holding my camera, but now I have to keep holding it up. But there's like a magic and whimsy to that town, that seaside town that it feels like you could stay there forever but it would feel wrong to live there. Like it doesn't okay. feel like sure. anybody really lives there. And even while we were there, I probably asked Marnie an obscene number of times, like, does this thing just like shut down in the winter? Do people just not? And she's like, no, like people still come here and hang out here. But it seemed like a carnival. It felt like everything was hyper temporary and that it only occurred for a small amount of time throughout the year. But just the freshest seafood and, you know, all the booze you can drink in these beautiful cafes and these like tight roads that you can reside within during your stay there. We had an apartment just above one of the busiest streets where you just wake up, you know, flip the window open, do a stretch, go down, get a coffee, and then just like eat until we were ashamed of ourselves. 
And then go down to the beach, you know, get on a boat, go cruise around, watch a fire show. Or is is that region? Is that is that Basque area? Yeah. I'm to, okay. Yes. I was trying to figure out like what the the cultural ties. Okay. It is. Yes, that is the uh, Basque Basque region of of, of Spain, um, and it's just it's just brilliantly beautiful, and it's a great place to sort of erase your mind if yeah. you just need to go somewhere and like not be you for a while and have nobody else care about who you are either, that is a place that I would deeply recommend. And for all our jumping around, we could have spent three weeks there. I probably would have gained, a, you know, 10 pounds per day. And had to be dragged out of there and have to get an extra airplane seat. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that, is that Ben or Charles? Who is that? Yeah, but it was, it, I, I love the variety of what we, we experienced while we were in Spain. But there is something incredibly romantic about that little town that I know I'll be back there multiple times. And I, uh, that was the one place that we were in when we were in Spain that I was like, I would come right back here next summer. Like I would summer here for sure in that town, not even having your own residence, but I would just come back here in August for a week and just experience all the things that we're experiencing right now. It was just brilliant. And I would recommend it to anybody. Can I can I ask a, a follow up question to Megan off of what you just said? Absolutely, you kind of inspired yeah, me. Yeah, so. why not? So I I also really love the idea of like losing a day or losing a couple days when you just find a spot where yeah. you're just like that's what I'm going to do. Do you have a spot like that? Like, have you ever found somewhere like e- either because of the weather or because of whatever reason where you were just like I'm just going to let life drift away for oh a day man. or two. Maybe it kind of finds you a little bit. For uh-huh. sure. <laughs> I I I believe that 100%. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think if there's like well, I don't know. I going back to Paris, like I was there with my friend and she unfortunately got like a little ill. Mm. So I spent most of the daytimes like wandering around by myself. Amazing. Like and I mm. I was sad at the time because I like wanted my friend to feel better and like be with me but I just wandered around by myself and just kind of got lost in the city and it was just like kind of amazing that was literally my first time to Paris I had two days on my own yeah and it was just that like I spent a bunch of time just taking the the metro and just getting off randomly and looking around and being like I'm gonna go another stop yeah yeah yeah. I just like walked around I'm like okay great I'll I'll sit here for a while and have a glass of wine and like then I'll get up and walk and sit down and have another glass of wine somewhere. Like, it's just fantastic. It's yeah. Amazing. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. I, that's like yeah. when we were in Mexico City and I was dealing with elevation issues. I love that Marnie almost was like, well, now I'm going to be you on trips. Yeah. And I'm going to just get the fuck out of here and just do whatever I want. And so she would just leave for hours. Oh, and that's I love that because then I didn't feel guilty, even though it is more in her nature to say like, can we chill and read a book for a little while? Yeah. And I'm like, no, we got like 11 things we got to yeah, do today. Yeah. <laughs> but it was me sitting, you know, crisscross applesauce in bed, trying to like not get dizzy because yeah. I was dealing. Ugh. And she was just like, I'm going to just go. And I'm like, yes, I love that. that. Oh my gosh. I, uh, so, uh, we've, we've talked about him. He's been a, a, a guest on the show, but, uh, Derek, who is uh, so gracious to have us here. Um, we, it was just in the the Cayman Islands. Yep, and Eric Reed, proprietor of Club Caraway. Yep, and uh, that unlocked one of my favorite memories. Uh, that is that is the other place that I would stand for. Uh, I uh, so in on Grand Cayman Island. Dude, you stand for like thirty places. Yeah, of course. 
<laughs> uh, there's like all the, the the resorts are kind of all in a row, mm-hmm. you know, and they all have their little fences between their beaches. Mm-hmm. And you have to show your gate card to like the whoever. It's I mean, it just sucks. It doesn't feel like you're actually anywhere. You're just in a hotel that happens to have a chunk of beach. Yeah. But you can rent a scooter and you can, there, there's just one road that goes around the whole island. Scoot, scoot. You can hop on a Vespa and you can get the fuck out of Resort Row. Please say scoot, scoot. Scoot, scoot. You hop on a scoot, scoot. Scoot, scoot. Yep. And you can get the fuck out of there. And then <laughs> literally a mile past the last resort, you got dudes smoking chicken, smoking jerk chicken out of literal oil barrels and the greatest yeah. smells you've ever, yes. ever smelled. And I just ate my way around the north side of the island. And then on the, the very top of the island, there's Until like, a scooter would no longer support you. I mean, yeah. honestly, what have I done? Like, looking back, I was a lot thinner back then. But looking back on it, I was like, I never actually paid attention to how much gas was in that. Like, I very easily yeah. could have gotten stranded. You're like, this is me and four chickens right? now. Let's go. But if you go all the way around to the top, there's a little peninsula that shoots out. And the, it's just very, very shallow. So you can walk out almost 100 yards. And you're mm-hmm. still like, I was still barely water up to my chest and it's like the most beautiful turquoise blue there is one bar there called the wreck and they don't no doors at all just like the old cowboy saloon doors Mm -hmm. that's it no windows just holes where a window should be Mm -hmm. one incredible ass jukebox and like five cocktails and they have picnic tables in one circle around the bar and then the trees it's you know palm trees everywhere they strung up like 50 hammocks and I forgot an entire afternoon. That's. I literally, I got a yeah. drink. I was. You clo- basically told me this word for word because you were trying to convince Derek, Derek to, to go there. Do it. Yeah. And I was like, I think they might be a little more on rails uh-huh. with their excursion. But oh, I, I wanted like, him. I was like, that sounds that sounds sick. I, I would do that. I, I I picked a spot that was close enough that I could hear the jukebox, but that it was like, you could hear it like drifting on the airwaves a little Oof. bit. And I, I just sat there and I watched people run out and play in the ocean and come back in. I watched one dude propose to his lady. She said, yes, they took off. And I had, she said, yes. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly, at the time I was like, let's see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I, I, I didn't have a watch. I didn't have a watch on. And this was before like cell phones worked in other countries. So I oh, was, yeah. I was, off which the I grid. loved. That's Honestly. so freeing. I love so that. freeing. Yeah. And I like, I literally fantasize about that afternoon on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. I don't want to like untether myself from the world all the time, but man, to have a day, it's if I could just, you if I could just while, close right? my eyes and like beam myself there, Ugh. I would 100% do that. It takes a specific frequency too, because there are areas that you can either be traveling in or live in that are just like a little mundane. And then there are areas that are so like activity rich that you can't do that. You can't mm-hmm. do that shit in New York city. Like, good luck. But places like that are like in San Juan. If you're like in a particular area, near the beach where there are like cantinas and cool little restaurants where you can just be like, you know what? Fuck it. This is what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, even believe it or not, even I am capable of that as you know, as told in, in my anecdote, yeah. I can, I can do that. Even if I'm like type a, like planning all kinds of shit out. It is sometimes nice to have a day where you're like, let's do whatever we want. And sometimes you just find like an afternoon yeah. where for that afternoon, you're like, Whoa, this little piece of the earth that we're on that is a one city block it's just like 
really killing it right now. Mm-hmm. I just want to be here mm-hmm. for the next eight hours. Let's just be right here. Like I, a friend of mine, I was telling that story to a friend of mine a couple of years ago, and he's like, "Well, I mean, did the bar have any food?" I'm like, "I, I don't know because I ate literally three different jerk chickens yeah. on my way around yeah. the <laughs> island. Like, <laughs> so I didn't want any food. Right. I just wanted rum and a nap." And Absolutely. I got I got lots of rum and a couple naps, yeah. <laughs> and it was just amazing. Like, uh. and everybody, when you're when you're when you're there, when you're away from the need to make revenue constantly in the resort area, everything slows down. Yeah, you know, everybody just chills out. I I looked around at one point. It was one of the few memories that I have, was that I couldn't see a human being in either direction wearing a pair of shoes. And I thought, I am in the right fucking place. Absolutely. If, if oh no human within my eyesight is wearing footwear, then we have found the right place. And then Scoot scooted back, listened to some shitty steel drum band play Van Morrison, and was like, eh, that's enough of that. <laughs> Went to bed very happy. They played you off? Yep. Like, you yep. and your four chickens on your Scoot there Scoot. We go. <laughs> Brown-eyed girl on steel-eyed drums. Not <laughs> oh, necessary yeah. in my life. Thank you very much. Uh, I can hear I'm it right now. Yep. I can hear it in my head. Yep. <laughs> I wish I didn't, but I can hear uh, it. But my here head. we are. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, oh, I poured man. another splash of, <laughs> of <laughs> Megan's daiquiri because this yeah. thing is incredible. Aww. I love, I love the richness of the sweetness in the rum, and then just like the nice sharp acidity of the lime. Like it's just perfectly in balance. Nice. Because Thanks. my tongue goes like it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's yeah. this. Like mm. yeah, good. Got to be in balance. We try to be. We try. Fail sometimes. <laughs> um, all right. So for the final topic of the evening, uh, I wanted to know what's like the dumbest or the silliest thing that makes you laugh? Like oh. even when you're having a train wreck of a day, what is something that will always make you giggle? Oh, that's a good question. Doesn't have to be deep. Doesn't have to be like a well thought out, well written anything. It could just be something, something derpy that you're, I don't know if you have pets that your pets do. Yeah, like. I was going to say it's my cat. All right. Oh, yeah. we are very cat friendly on this podcast. Oh, really? Okay, so let's, cool. let's hear a little bit more about your cat. Okay, well, I have to tell you her name. Let's go. Um, her new. name is Congresswoman Daiquiri. <laughs> oh! Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, Did I, I bury the lead a little bit? I should have so, said it earlier. So she's literally yeah. a house daiquiri? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a political dad joke. I'm in. Oh, okay. she, yeah, absolutely. She's got a lot of opinions. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's a long story. I, it's not even a long story. There's no story. It's just a nonsensical name. It's like. Or it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. She's the best. She's the Congress girl, call her. Give, give us uh, <laughs> what is the appearance of said cat? Oh, yeah. She's like a little gray kind of. She's, like, she's almost like a tortie. She has like these little cream dip paws, little fluffy tail. She's She's mm. very. She's very sweet. All She's a good girl. Right. But she can make me laugh. Like, she just, do, you know, how cats are. She's just a, she's a goofy goober. I don't know. She just. <laughs> there might yeah. not be a better descriptive term for a cat than a goofy goober. She's a goofer. I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> uh, does, does she have any, any typical, like, insane moves? Like, my cat, Harold, uh, is a 17-pound orange that. tabby. And oh. at 2.45 to 3 a.m. every single night, he has night adventures. The he, orange ones are the crazy ones, oh, they he's say, super I think. Crazy. Yeah. The, you know the, the latch that your, your door knob clicks into? Yeah. Uh, he, every night, fights them. 
he knows how to do it. He no, he he fights the empty socket, the empty <laughs> latch. Oh. I like doesn't give a fuck about the doorknob. Oh, oh. open door, right? So the little the little notch that the the knob pokes into, uh, for about ten to fifteen minutes every every night. That's so nice. He wages of him. a full Don Quixote war on <laughs> the, the doorknob so latches, <laughs> and then immediately goes back to bed. So I don't I don't know. So he's I'm tired out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He fought the good fight. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. I don't know. My cat like she does so many things. I don't know. She has an automatic feeder because she's she would you know bother me otherwise, but we'll be having like a nice beautiful like intimate moment, yeah. like snuggling on the couch and like she hears it before I do and she just like catapults herself <laughs> off of my chest or like whatever she's laying on and like straight to the food it, like yeah. like she hears the the whir of the automatic motor yeah okay. yeah like before i can even register it she hears it in her little <laughs> kitty awesome. ears yeah yeah <laughs> so thank goodness for her like a little comic relief every day <laughs> there's when when dogs I, I, charles and i have talked about this a bunch like Dags. Both of both of our dags have giant ears, so we kind of know like the ears will go up oh, be- yeah. before anything. But when a cat goes from zero to sixty, there's God, there's nothing funnier. <laughs> we do both have cats and dogs. Yes. Correct, one woof. each. Yeah, we got one of each. You say woof? That's on point. I, I th- yeah, woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been more fun. Charles, what's your cat's name? Yeah. My cat's name is Lucky. He's a black cat. He's, oh, he's lucky number two. My childhood cat's name is Lucky. He was a fucking psychopath. Yeah. And I got his uh, spiritual successor uh, 11, 11 and a half years ago now. Mm. And it was serendipity because a traveling businessman came to Minnesota after finding him in a storm dream in, in Las Vegas. I was like, lucky. Boom. That's dope. Oh, perfect. Yep. It was meant to, meant to be. be. Yes. Be. Yes. Believe that. What's your, uh, what, what, what makes you giggle these days? Well, we t- we've, We've had versions of this before, uh-huh. but the thing is, when you contextualize it, like, uh, how do you turn, how do you turn your frown upside down? <laughs> For me, it's shit posting, and like <laughs> the the worse the shit posting, the better. And I don't mean like the worse, like the the grosser like it is. Like, yeah. I mean like the dumber it is. The dumber it is, the funnier it is. Yeah, I have a number of friends that we bat around shit posts to one another, including. Uh, multi-time former guest of the program, Brett Splinter. He and I often, like, either he'll send me one and I'll say, I almost sent you that, or vice versa. It's like finishing each other's sandwiches. <laughs> and, like, the uh, so I decided right now I'm going to kind of scroll through. A lot of bean content. Why do we like the, the bean thing? You know, the, the, the chef saying, Mamma Mia, and he's putting uh, penne pasta into a gun. Yeah. Wait, I don't on, know about this. That's on there. There's this, uh, my apologies, officer, but the speed limit does not apply when the Halo 3 Warhog music is playing. It's just a guy raging Fact. down the yep. freeway. Dude, the the Mamma Mia one is literally, it's a picture of like a Chef Boyardee-esque chef. Yeah. Well, I'm going to show you because I literally sent it to my loading wife like okay. two hours Penny ago. noodles into the clip of a gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that, okay. that might be one of my most used. It's legendary. <laughs> yeah. It's legendary. Hold on, I'm not done. I'm scrolling. Let's go. My, oh yeah, there's one on Mover and Shaker says there's a this sign that's clearly in the back of a restaurant. It says execute every hour, every day, 
every guest. Every guest. <laughs> Excuse I love, me? Yeah. Pardon me? <laughs> uh, bring it back that one the, made me giggle. Bring it sure. back to the menu. Like <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. We all going to More die. beans. <sighs> Yo finally tried, tried boba or whatever it's called, and the guy's just drinking a, <laughs> just drinking a giant cup of beans. Listen, oh, imagine I, farting here. I, it's like a tree, like this majestic tree. <laughs> I, I will stand for the fact that I want to start calling cottage cheese Midwest boba. Oof. That's what's oh, up. God. Okay, I got it. All right, I'll that finish on. That made me feel a little icky. I'll finish on this one because I'm sure this is frustrating for listeners, but uh, this one says, if turtles hate straws so much, explain this. <laughs> it's Leonardo from Ninja Turtles drinking a soda with his straw. Yeah, take take that woke left. Yeah, take that. But yeah, shit posting oh always gets me. If Marty sees me giggling on the couch, she's like, "This motherfucker's catching up on shit posts from today." Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, Charles, you've you've cracked me up a number of times on the show, and we laugh a lot when we hang out. But I think I probably get more laughs per mile out of the shit posts and memes that we send each other for sure. Like, there's okay. just a certain language, like... That's because, a love like, language. Well, yeah, because, yeah. like, when you don't have to give any context anymore, like, yeah. you're, you're past the impressing stage, yes. and now it's just <laughs> just heaving, like, giant, giant, weird, slash, dumb, slash, offensive memes at each other. Have a laugh. Yeah, it's always... Have a laugh. Have a laugh. Here you go. There you go. Apropos of nothing. How you we go. get through the day, you know? <laughs> um, Apropos. Apropos, I believe that's the Greek pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, apropos. Um, the the thing the thing that that spurred this question to me was uh, I love when two people. This happens a lot at the bar, and I used to like this was my thing when I was bartending full time. Was when two people are having a conversation and they're buzzed up, maybe not hammered drunk, but like buzzed up, mm-hmm. and they have one of the integral ingredients in their conversation they have misunderstood with each other so there's a contextual difference to how they're hearing the story my what spurred this on was i was listening to two people at a bar in northeast minneapolis and one was talking about alex jones the awful human being and piece of shit yeah right-wing troll the other person (laughs) Thought he was talking about Alex Smith, the former quarterback. <laughs> what? Who almost died because of a leg injury. And I didn't hear the beginning of this, this discussion, but I got to hear the middle and the end. And, wow. And this dude was just coming hard about what a piece of shit and a coward Alex Jones was. And the guy he's talking to thought he was talking about Alex Smith being a coward because he almost died and had to take a year off of football. Okay. Okay, and that got me I, I couldn't stop. I was like, I have to stay here. So I inched over to, like, where they were because I was kind of in the way of some other people that were waiting for drinks. And I just sat there just, like, staring at the wall waiting to hear the end of this. And literally, like, neither one of them were like, oh, I thought you meant Smith. I was talking Jones. And then they, like cool and then they didn't come back to either one of them they just agreed that they had been talking about something different and what that made me think of was the all-time best that i have ever fucking heard was two people who were having a discussion the first person was talking about alan page the former viking great Mm. hall of fame football player who went on to become the uh 
the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court in Minnesota. One of the most legendary humans in our our state's history. Absolute legend. And in a loud bar, the person that they were talking to heard Ellen Page, now Elliot Page. Yeah. uh, The, uh, at the time, actress, now actor. That discussion, they did not figure out that they were talking about two different people for almost five minutes. And if I could go back and record it, I swear to you that's better than anything I have ever written in my life. Because <laughs> they were talking about how hard life was growing up and not feeling comfortable <laughs> in their skin. And it yeah. weirdly kind of worked. Were, yeah. But I heard them both saying the opposite name. But in a loud bar, Alan and Ellen sure sound a whole lot alike. Who's on first? <laughs> and finally... <laughs> one of the people literally said, yeah. I just, whatever truth they have to live, I'm happy they do. And if that's identifying as a man, I'm just, I'm just happy for him. And the other person was like, of course he's yeah. a man. He's always <laughs> been a man. Yeah. And then she was like, well, yeah, that's well, what yeah, I'm saying. They have, yeah. Of course. Like, yeah. however they it felt inside is who they yeah. are. And it's like, always. no, it's not inside. Like, he, he is a man. And then it escalated. And they were like, yeah, yes, I know. Yes. And they're going back and forth. And finally, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out her. She listens to the show every now and then. Finally, Kelly was like, Alan, Alan Page, Chief Justice of the Minnesota Supreme Court is who I am talking about. <laughs> and without missing a beat, the other person was like, Alan Page, longtime actress, now currently transitioning is who I'm talking yeah. about. And I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And they both turned around and looked at me and I'm like, I'm sorry, I got to hear that whole thing. Gorgeous. Anytime that you can find her, do they do the hands like the predator? <laughs> Should have. <Yeah. laughs> we had a good laugh at how much that story actually overlapped uh, as they were both sort of saying, Yeah, that how thing. long it took. But right. Uh, who's on first, who's on second? 100%. Right. And that, anytime that that mistake happens, I will, I sop that up like the sauce on a plate and I have one piece of bread left. Yeah. If you see two people who say they're on the same road and they are on conflicting roads or one's on the frontage road and one's on the highway, yeah. I will eat that up for the rest of my life. Like, Amazing. please let me, like, I hope someday I'm at a restaurant and somebody just raised their hand. They're like, they're doing it. And I can run <laughs> over and just listen. That is my favorite thing ever. Because just to be able to see how far, because nobody wants to say, I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. Everybody's like a little bit too, uh, like, well, I think we are kind of. Or maybe it's like a little too loud and you, you know, you're not quite on. Yeah. You know, yeah. Megan and I have a lot more accessible ways to laugh with the cat that lives with you and shit posting that's all over yep. the internet. It's a little harder <laughs> to find this brand of humor. Listen, we got to dig to find the gold. Digs you know, I, I got I to gotta pan a lot of silt yeah. before I can get a couple jewels. Absolutely. But man, when you get a good one, it's so worth it. That Alex Jones, like, I, I listen. Mom's like, I've been drinking yeah. all day just waiting for people to confuse. Come on, <laughs> somebody mix it up. It's the only reason I'm here. Oh, God. It's just, <laughs> uh, look, I caught, there was a whole discussion happening in front of my dj booth one night about somebody saying i love the band u2 and that happened to be the same time that they were kind of falling for each other and was like i didn't say it first though like no but i i love you too it was like and i watched this go and this was only like 30 seconds but i was just like oh my god somebody pop me some popcorn right now i had the time of my life 
somebody's got to put baby in the corner. I love you too. Oh my god, it's my like, anxiety uh-oh. level just. Oh. Uh, okay, this is. I'll, I'll leave. The, this is the last one. This was. Uh-oh. Sorry. Um, this is my another, favorite new genre. Okay, another another new example of this. <laughs> so I'm I'm at um, First Avenue. Uh, in between opening band and headliner. Famous concert venue. Famous concert venue. Uh, if anybody has ever heard of Prince, uh, there Who? was a song called... Pr- uh, he, uh, not actually a Prince, though. Oh, uh, okay. His name is actually Prince. Prince. Cool. Uh, P-R-I-N-T-S. P-S. Uh, f- uh, actual first name is Finger. Um, but he, uh, So, <laughs> film Purple Rain there. But <laughs> as, you know, we're in that, like, everybody's standing around, but, like... The band's gonna come out very soon, so nobody wants to like leave. So you just hey, turn around. It's funny you just said "purple rain" and this uh, this Japan thing on the TVs. Oh, Whole yeah. street is purple. What? There we go. Purple. Yeah. Prince is every- everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, yes. So wait, hold on. For Prince. Sprinkle. Gotta have some genie sprinkles for Prince. Oh. Um, but there was a a, uh, a uh, there were two females next to me and then a couple guys behind me we had all sort of just been like cheersing each other during the opening band and so we're like yeah you know are you into this band or what brought you here and we're all just kind of making small talk and unfortunately um one of the women uh had a a shiner so her, her right eye was bruised and uh as we were all just chatting one of the guys had asked hey like you know, what happened to your eye? Like wondering if somebody had thrown an elbow like during the show because it was a rock concert. She's like, no, I, I was an idiot and I wasn't paying attention. I bent over to grab something and one of my cupboard doors was open and I literally like bent over into it and everybody made that like, ooh, face because we could all imagine like that's one of my biggest fears. Me like too. behind a bar, <gasps> I am mortified of a pore spout in the eye. I can't, okay, I'm not alone because I seriously no. think about it all the time. It's my like my living nightmare okay, when I'm behind too. a bar. When wow. I watch my face, if I'm ever <laughs> behind a bar in your presence, I will literally like lean away from the bottles to grab something that fell on the ground because I'm so afraid I'm going to bend over. I'm glad I'm not <laughs> alone because this is seriously a thing that like plagues right. me. Yeah, we yes. are. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so as we're having this discussion, one of the group of guys behind us, one of their friends shows up, also a female, and. Like, it's like, what are you guys talking about? And he's like, oh, I was just asking her what happened. She's like, yeah, I was an idiot. I hit my face, and I, I got a black eye. And she goes, oh, my God, I hate black eyes. <gasps> and there was another group to my left of friends Ooh. of mine, three of whom were African-American. And in a very loud group of a 1,000 people talking at the same time, I hate black eyes sounds a lot like something else. And the whole fucking room just stopped. Everything around me, like, I heard the record stop. Yeah. And I looked over, and I was like, wait, wait, what? Oh, oh, I know what you just heard. My, because I always play the game, like, I probably didn't hear that right. Mm-hmm. Not being able to hear super well. I tried to, like, figure out what would those same syllables be. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, no, her eye. And then it was dead silent for one second, and then everyone just started laughing. Yeah. Like, oh, thank everyone God. just fucking died. Yeah. And... Like, that poor woman who had just walked up was just trying to, like, show empathy. Yeah, yeah. Mortified. Also, oh, how many times like, has she had a black eye that she had to say that? 
Who knows? I, I didn't <laughs> ask She's such questions. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I guess I should have maybe given a, right. a, a crooked eyebrow like, too. Are you okay? Yeah, are you are in you? the same place? I hate when this what? happens. Yeah. But, oh my God, that I could live in that one second of silence before everybody started laughing. I could live in that second for the rest of my life. Where you're like, I don't know which way this is going to go, but I'm so excited because this is awesome. Oh my God. And so then everyone just starts laughing together. And that is. Yeah, thank God. That's the gem. <laughs> All right, before we navigate away from this, Megan, Congresswoman Daiquiri. Yeah, yeah. What are <laughs> what what is it that she does that you love that makes you laugh? Because cats have such varied personalities. I oh, need to I know yeah, what she, her 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 funny little activities are. Gosh, she's just like a goofy little. You know, all cats have their personalities. It's yep. like the best thing ever. She she's the snuggliest Ooh, person in the. It. Person. She's the snuggliest cat in the world. Um, gosh, she just she gets she, zoomy. She gets the zoomies. She got a time of day that she gets the zoomiest. Like when I'm like walking to bed is when yeah. she gets the zoomies, <laughs> right. and I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just always before bed, and then like she now perfect. Great yeah, timing. she's probably doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, she like okay. She like has this cupboard she goes to. This is actually, so she jumps up on top of, like, my refrigerator. It's just yeah. covered up there. She, like, paws at the door, to, like, and she can never get it open, but she just, like, will not stop. And there's, like, scratch marks all over it. But sometimes she, like, <laughs> she manages to get, like, up on the shelf on top of that, and then she comes down and, like, opens the freezer. <laughs> yeah. Like, on her way all down. Right. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, no, but unless I'm thanks for building home, on that like unless I'm me. home and I can shut it, but if I come home and it's open and like everything is yeah, yeah so that's like, like one of her special of little there. tricks. It's great. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> just throw away all the food. That's such a great yeah. cat move. They're yeah, so she, yeah. How do She's I ruin like, everything? Yeah. Oh yeah. New couch. Let's go. Decimated. Locked. Yeah. 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 We put blankets or like sweaters over every arm oh. because lucky. Yeah. <sighs> Got his claws, yeah. which is the way it should be. She's gonna and do it. They just wanna, they just want to scratch. Yeah, she does watch TV, which is fun. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I is put there on, like a specific thing she pays more attention to that's I, on screen? Yeah, I put on like YouTube videos of like birds or just like forest oh, animals, like squirrels and stuff shit. like that. And she, she, I have pictures of her, like videos of her, just like like sitting there, just like watching. And it's does she the ek, ek, thing ever. Does she go. Ek, 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 ek. She do she, that. Not at the TV, but she does it like at the yeah. window. Yeah, actual birds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's like one of the coolest Ugh. things cats do. When they, I, 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 there's actually an Instagram account that's called, I don't know how many of them there are, but it's I, 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 E-K, E-K, <laughs> yeah. E-K. But it's the dopest account because it's cats like ecking at stuff. And that's what they do, like the little chirpy kind of like, like. I love I love that. Harold ain't got that mode. No, no nope. ecking. Nope. Yeah, Lucky he doesn't does even a, know anything exists Lucky does a little bit of ecking. He used to do more, but he will get like, if he sees a bird outside the window and you know, we're on the second floor and he's looking out the window. He will like track it. Yeah. And like kind of he'll he'll motion with his mouth, but he won't really do it anymore. Yeah. But he used to do the like that. It's like a faint like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's the gooviest thing that Lucky does? He's a fucking maniac. I mean, <laughs> we've you know, we've talked about this. He he knows at night when if he's in the room just with me and we're hanging out late at night. The dog's not in the room and can't, like, bug him if he's, like, you know, temporarily in the room with Marnie or he's in another room or he's in his kennel or what have you. 
he knows like now is the time for you to give me snacks and he's obsessed with greenies dental snacks oh absolutely Fucking obsessed they're the only My snacks i'll eat anymore he hates all other snacks mm. he's like no i don't want that shit greenies but he's like what's up it's greenies time yeah and if he's being particularly sassy, first of all, he meows a lot. Like, give me snacks, give me snacks. I know, like, okay, I speak Catanese. I know what you're fucking saying. <laughs> if I don't give him to him, what he does is he goes to the um, cupboards under the sink. And he'll either open them, if they're accessible for him to open, and he'll pull out a bunch of plastic bags. And he'll just stomp around in them. <laughs> like, have a tantrum. Yeah. And if he can't get in there, because I'll put, like, I'll take one of Marnie's hair ties. And I'll put it around the two handles so that he can't get in there like a child lock. Yeah. Then what he does is uh, now he's a musician and he'll play it like a percussion instrument. Oh my god! And he'll just slap it like And if Marnie's sleeping, I'm like, okay, stop it! I can't yell at him. I gotta do like right. the, the be, fake yell. You know? I'm, I'm yelling at you through my teeth. Yeah. And the more he the more he fusses, the less likely I am to give him snacks because like he can't have he can't know if he knows he can have his way, then I'm fucked. So the more he fusses, the more it becomes a battle. So it's always better if I just, like, I'm the one to be like, good, sir, would you care for nine (laughs) greenies? (laughs) That's, like, the best-case scenario. Yeah. Oh, my God. I started giving her greenies when I leave, like, leave the house because I feel so guilty Ah, because she, like, sits at the door and, like, looks at me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I need to, like, I I just, like, yeah, I'm such a sap, but. I thought we were together. Does she attack you when you leave? No, she doesn't Uh, do that. Lucky attacks me when I leave. This is the first cat I've ever had. She doesn't, like, attack at all. Like, Uh, she she gives, like, little love bites. Like, she gets, like, overstimulated, and she's like, (laughs) you know. Sure. It's Harold. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they're so sweet. Yeah, Lucky's got this thing where once in a while. I mean, the warmer it is, the more likely it's to go down the stairs because it's colder down in the corridor. Yeah. But and I, man, we're so on the same frequency because that that guy is my familiar. He's my shadow. Mm-hmm. I know when he's gonna follow me down the stairs. It'll be like three rooms away, and I'm about to leave. And like, there's something in his eyes. I know he's coming for me. Yeah. And I go down the stairs to the back door to go out to the garage to get into my jeep. And I know he's coming for me. And I'll, like, try to, like, very quickly go down the stairs. And I hear him go, <laughs> And he runs down the stairs, and he'll, like, swat me in the leg and, like, try biting my calves. He's basically saying, you can't fucking leave. Yeah. I'm like, dude, oh. I'm on it. But I got to go fast. Otherwise, like, yeah. I try to get out the door. So I, like, take a couple bites, and I'm like, oh, my God. God damn it, Lucky. Close the door, and I can hear him meow, and then he probably saunters upstairs like, you piece of shit, <laughs> leaving me again. <laughs> They know. I feel You're like no good. yes, they do. She, like she knows if I'm taking the garbage out and coming back versus yeah. if I'm like leaving for the day. Yeah. She knows. I don't know how, but she does. They're smart. She knows to wine for treats. Harold yeah. doesn't give a shit. He all he cares about is like he knows that when my wife goes to bed, that usually means that I'll go downstairs and watch TV for like an hour before I come up and go to bed. So the minute he sees her brushing her teeth, he just goes to the basement stairs and is like, Yo, "Are we doing this? Is it, is it TV time?" But he knows it. that. Yeah. Right? yeah oh, like he absolutely does. He's ready to go. But my favorite thing that he does, so our dog sleeps in bed with us. Mm -hmm. And our dog, Millie, is my wife's familiar, 100%. They are the same person. They are Velcro to each other, period. And every now and then, Millie just can't resist, like, chasing Harold. And then Jenny will yell at her, like, stop chasing him. Yeah. She'll come back and, like, put her head down, like, oh, sorry. Yeah. But Harold now, 
he'll go right. So we have like the one little piece of, of like wood strip that goes across the threshold. He'll go right up to that and he'll look our dog in the eye who's laying on, on the bed and he'll like prairie dog all the way up. So he's like standing on his hind legs, tall as he can. And he'll just be like, <laughs> meow. Now I think in his head, he's yeah. hearing like, yeah. and when he gets out, he's, Yep. <laughs> and, then he'll just, and then every now and then he'll just do like one just like like the the, the it's the, a very the, careful swing it's like it's it, it looks like the swing looks like when you're watching a movie where an actor has to do something athletic and you absolutely see right there and then that they've never played that sport before yeah like you know when they just throw a baseball weird or a, a football weird or they shoot a basketball weird that's what harold looks like and it's also in slow motion yeah, for sure. It's so much. And then he'll just stand there and stare. And then he'll get down. Like, all right, that didn't work. Let's try again. <laughs> and then eventually, Millie will jump off the bed. Yeah. And he'll, like, puff his tail out and be like, "Are you? did you see what you just did? Yeah. And then Millie gets yelled at. And then he'll come back you. out and just be like, meow, meow, meow. Like, just, yeah, see that? <clears throat> Came at me. You got in trouble. All right. Uh, now, Dad, let's go play video games. <laughs> like, it was her fault. It. Yep. She did it. I, I was just saying, he, was, he is the pet that goes, I'm not touching you, I'm not <laughs> touching you, as the finger gets closer and closer yeah, Lucky, to... Lucky does a little bit of that, too, where he, like, can play the victim a little bit, but it's almost like he makes Bogey follow him, and he turns around and fucking slaps him, like, five times, and he's like, can you believe this guy's been following me around all day? <laughs> <laughs> what a creep. Yeah. <laughs> Sibs. Oh yes, 100%. <laughs> well, uh, I guess as we pull it back into the station, uh, thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, thank you for having me. So for folks that are either traveling to Minneapolis, St. Paul, or are from the area, uh, where would you want them to come find you slash yeah. find the family? Oh my gosh. Well, Martina, for sure. Rosalia is in the same building as well. Like pizza, Ridiculous the best. Ridiculous pizza. Yeah, my favorite. Um, not just saying that because... It's in the family, but it, it truly is. Um, yeah, all over. Cardamom, the Walker Art Center. Fantastic. Um, so great. Yeah, new menu there, too, which is fantastic. Oh, right. Yeah. You should go cool. check that out, Charles. Like yeah. new, new? Like new, 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 like brunch seven days a week now, and then a new Ooh, dinner what? menu as well. Oh, so oh I that's love that. Wh- where we are now at Club Caraway, it's mere blocks from here. Yes, it's I was so just there. It took me, like, Two minutes to drive here. Holy shit. Yeah. That is super fucking dope. And yeah. like, I know this is hyper personal, but you know, Derek and I are like, oftentimes like, we're, you know, let's go get a breakfast or something on a Friday. Absolutely. Or something. Yeah. Seven days brunch. That's yes. Sick. So that's Love great it. for industry people too, that like maybe miss out on brunch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Saturdays and Sundays. So you can get it every, every day, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, like, and yeah, Blondette, Meow Meow, yeah. Bar Rufus, down at the Rand Tower Hotel. Yeah, lots of great stuff happening. If so. anybody's interested in your uh, personal journey professionally, is there anywhere that you want to direct them to find yeah, you? Yeah, my Instagram, I think, is just at Megan M. Lidke. Um, I don't, I try to post, but I don't always do a great job, but I'm working on it. So follow me there. <laughs> <laughs> that's legit. Yeah, yeah. That's I awesome. mean, that's that's the honest truth. <laughs> uh, anything big coming up uh, this year that you want to share? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't quite sure what we could talk about or not. <laughs> yeah, so. we can talk. Yeah, um, yeah. So DDP, we're opening up a restaurant. Um, per, DDP purchased the the building of um, the former Bachelor Farmer and Marvel Bar. Yeah, yeah. So 
it's such an honor to to be able to be in that space um and it's something that we're like very very excited about um and taking you know really really seriously and it's it's a big project and really really I can't even tell you how happy I am to be able to wow. to be a part of that so um coming this this summer yeah so can't fucking wait. more yeah. details to come <laughs> I think you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find uh, a nice seat in the city that I haven't spent more time in yeah like yeah that, those walls feel very familiar to me and I'm just excited to have yes. have have life happening in them again it's such a special place and like yeah it's it's a huge honor to even be able yeah. to like walk in there right now right. yeah it's great and yeah well deserved wow. on oh, top of thanks it. Yeah. And for, a li- for listeners outside of our sphere yeah that's a that's a building that means a lot to a lot of people around yeah. here and if you have ever traveled here or plan to ever travel here um you may know or may come to know like what a great place that building has been and and will become correct I'm, yeah i'm i'm super excited for that Charles, yeah. can I also congratulate us on not making a single Diamond Dallas Page reference? Oh, I almost did a few lot times. Of DD, I didn't, a lot of DDPs know. for us as oh, wow. uh, talk about DDPs faction and stuff, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we we are very pro. Hey, Quam, you know what I can say to that? Self high five. <laughs> Self high five. There you go. <laughs> All right. Oh man, terrible pro wrestling yeah. reference of the day. That's yeah. There's a uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's just nice. Hey, when when a term can get uh, used by somebody else and it changes the meaning, I'm very happy about that. Yep. <laughs> we, we all grow a little bit, but I'll still do that DDP yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Charles, what uh, what do you what do you got coming up? What do you want people to go to? to uh, okay, out? so I'll say, and we had a conscious discussion about this. Yeah. That, um, we are going to miss a week mm-hmm. of programming. Not next week, but the week after. If you're if you're a live listener, uh, we will be we'll have a spring break. Woo! Um, Take your top off. Well, uh, while Quam is in Norway, my wife and I are taking our mothers to Norway to the Norwegian region. So send love and or if if you pray, pray for us. Uh, This could be an amazing to the Norse gods. To the Norse gods, yeah, of course. Por favor, yeah. To either Thor or Freya, you figure out where you want to go. <laughs> Pray to Thor, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the ride. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, honestly, uh, I this, this might sound like a downer, but it, it, it isn't. Um, last week was uh, the anniversary of my brother's passing, and I'm coming up next week on taking my, my mom and my wife and her mom to Norway. And I think one of the things that I just want to kind of send out to everybody is – Reaching out and saying that you love somebody is never, ever, ever going to be something that you have to feel bad about. Um, But more than that, I think I just want to say, if you've ever thought about doing the thing with somebody, uh, especially that you're related to, but just somebody that you love, do it. Um, We we never know when the stopwatch is going to stop. And I think that every year that goes by, the more I learn across all paths, it always leads me back to do the thing if you're thinking about doing the thing. Tell the person that you love that you love them because that's never bad. And 
even if it seems like a little crazy at the time, it might end up being one of the most cherished and amazing memories. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're not able to make those memories anymore, they always mean way more. So if I could send that out to anybody, if you're thinking about doing something or if you're currently not talking to somebody, just reach out and you don't have to say everything's cool, but just say you love somebody because that's always worth it. And all you're doing is putting more kindness out into the world. And I think maybe we all need a little bit of that. Absolutely. We're embarking on warm season too. So get out there and get after it. See people, be around, Yes. do things, eat food. Hey, we got lots of fun stuff actually coming up too. But uh, we're going to roll up our sleeves here. and uh, Followed by some really boring stuff. Really boring stuff. Eventually, <laughs> we'll get back to the super boring yeah, shit. We keep telling you about all the fun stuff we have planned. <laughs> we're going to have some boring shit right after that. I promise you. Boring season coming October 23. <laughs> but until then, uh, Megan, thank you so much for being here. You are rad beyond belief. Thank you so much for having me. My Hell God. yeah. And uh, to everybody out there, I challenge you. Do yourselves a little DAC attack. Have a DAC off. Everybody yeah. wins. Go dack yourself. Go dack yourself. (laughs) Peace.